following program is a proud member of the Palava family of podcasts. Check out all the shows over at palava.com. That's P-A-L-A-V-I dot com. Welcome to GleeCast, the somewhat occasionally weekly home of Glee and Christmas. Here are your hosts, Emily and Erica. Merry Gleemus. Merry Gleemus, everyone. Merry Gleemus. God bless us, one and all. And who is who is that extra person we hear, Emily? Do you want to introduce her? Um, I'm going to call her the ghost of Christmas present, a.k.a. Lisa! Yay! <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome, Lisa. Did you bring us gifts? Um, I bring you frankincense and myrrh. Ooh. Ooh, Ooh what do I actually do I, with that stuff? I have no idea. Like, is it like potpourri? Like, do you just keep it in a jar on a table or like, do you smear it on yourself? What was this stuff actually for? Anyone know? I'm not sure you'd want to smear it on yourself. That might be weird. Like, is it to season the room or to season yourself? I think the room. I think so, I Yeah. But why did baby Jesus need frankincense and myrrh then? He was grow he was born in a barn. I mean well, I guess like exactly. the barnyard animals probably had an odor, but Okay, yeah. actually yeah, that makes perfect sense now. It'd be like, you know, you being born in um um a barn and somebody bringing you an air freshener. Okay. I can dig it. I'm I'm looking it up. It's an <laughs> aromatic resin obtained from the trees of the genus Boswellia, oh, and it's exactly. used in incense and perfumes. Wait, it was it is used in infants and perfumes. No, incense, <laughs> incense. Okay, I was gonna say, wait, what do you mean used in infants? Where That's is a that whole different go? thing. <laughs> is this uh, baby Jesus was into some funky <laughs> shit? <laughs> and with that note, it is totally a Greek bleak house Christmas. Yes, this is our Christmas episode, or our, our holiday episode, if you will. Our holiday episode, that's true. Um, my holiday tree is up, um, thanks mostly to Erica um, and her boyfriend, Mike, who, you know, was the brawn who carried it into my apartment. Yeah. He was um, it's kind of special, handy. because, Erica, what is on top of my tree? Um, our glee hand is on top of the tree. Yes, our I will have to send a picture hand. to Vishnu. Yeah, yeah my Christmas topper this year is the glee foam hand. Yep, it looks great. That is amazing. Yeah. I'm proud of it. I'm very proud. Um, and I came home today from work, and no ornaments have been knocked off. So apparently Mookie got bored with it already. Oh, I'm glad he he's not trying to eat it still. I mean, I also haven't checked. like his, he, I, he hasn't thrown up yet, but I'm sure at some point he will, and it will be very great. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so this is our Christmas episode. We're going to talk about the holiday episode of Glee. Um, mm-hmm. But first, we're going to talk about some feedback, because I don't think there was anything else this week, right? There was no, like... Um, Well, the only other thing that I would say, two things I wanted to say. One, um, we'll announce it, I guess, probably later, but obviously Glee goes on a bit of a hiatus for winter. They hibernate, if you will, and they come out when the groundhog is awake and all. Um, So while they're gone, we will mostly be gone... Um, except we do, we are going to try to get in a bonus show in the yeah. like two month hiatus that, you know, you don't miss us too much. Yeah. We wouldn't want you to be sad that we weren't around. Exactly. So we will have something in a few weeks, but, um, don't wonder where we are because, you know, Glee is on vacation. So, so are we. Um, and the other thing, and this is okay. It's a little, a little premature, but I just wanted to throw out excitement for our next 
<laughs> other bonus episode. Right, Erica? Yeah, this one's going to be special. I'm so excited for it. Because for the first time, it's going to have absolutely zero relation to Glee. Like, it's not going to be a musical. That, no, no, you're already wrong about that. Oh, you're am already I? wrong. Yes, you are. Okay, Why? so Erica and I, um, we can't remember what movie we saw, but we saw something, and we saw the trailer for the movie Beastly, starring um, <laughs> one of the girls from the Disney Channel. Uh, uh, which one is it, Lisa? Do you know? Vanessa One of the brunettes. Oh, oh, it's Vanessa Hudgens? Yes. Or is it like Demi Lovato or whatever? No, no, it's Vanessa they're... Hudgens. Okay. Um, so it looks, it just looks like the, the most unintentionally hilarious film I've ever seen in my life. Uh, and within that two minute trailer, which is currently on the front page on IMDb, it's like view the Beastly trailer. It comes out in March. Um, it is just magical. And Neil Patrick Harris is clearly in the movie. So there is, is. a Glee connection. All right. Yes, there is. Sort of. <laughs> um, so we just want to whet your appetite for that, everybody. Be prepared. Glee cast is going beastly, but not Shannon beastly. I'm very, I'm very nervous about that. I feel like it's going to be great. (laughs) There's no chance it won't be. All right. Okay. But then we have have feedback. Yes, we do. Um, Um, What? I don't know. What were you going to say? I was going to say our first email is from uh, Scott and it's titled Gleetings from Toronto. And he says, Dear Erica and Emily and Lisa, um, and he has as a little side note in the beginning, for the record, I didn't intend for the above subject line to come across as racist in any way. I thought it was clever, but then I realized it might be a wee bit insensitive. I'm keeping it, though. We're, we're okay with you keeping it. Wait, wait, what's offensive about I'm it? Not, I'm not sure. That's why I'm okay with him keeping it. Is, I don't know. Is, is it a dirty word? I don't know. Do you know, Lisa? I don't know. What, what was the line? Bleedings from Toronto. Uh, isn't that like spitting? I don't know. I don't know. Sure. <laughs> yes, yes it is. I don't, I don't know. know. Scott, tell us why it's racist so that we're not uninformed. Yeah. Um, so he goes on to say, My name is Scott. I live in Toronto and go by Toronto Scott on the boards. Not that clever. The but Palaver I... Boards. Yes, the Palaver Boards. It's P-A-L-A-V-R.com. Not that clever, but I was aiming for clarity. 38-year-old corporate lawyer, which I love... With a lovely <laughs> wife and a five-year-old son and three-year-old daughter. I'm not much of a musical theater fan, as, as it as is the number as of... The number. Oh, there's an extra word in there. I was confused. Let me start again. I'm not much of a musical theater fan, as the number of musicals I've enjoyed, next to normal, Hairspray, are greatly outnumbered by those I couldn't stand, Cats, Phantom, etc. <gasps> Blasphemy. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, while I'm not 100% a a fan of Glee, Glee, I somehow have not missed an episode since day one. I guess that I'm just a loyal viewer. Hell, I finally crossed Cougar Town off the list just last week. I really dug Bobby. I still watch Cougar Town. I like Cougar Town. Um, I still can't get past the name of it. I know, but... I just, I hate the term Cougar. It pisses me off. But that's and I not, hate that a show would name itself after it. I know that's what you keep saying, but it's not about that at all. And now, even actually, I I usually fast forward through the opening credits, so I haven't seen this myself. But um, Frank and Chris on Are You Serious were talking about because Frank watches it and Chris doesn't. And Frank was, it's kind of the same dynamic we have. Um, mm-hmm. Frank was telling Chris that they like totally regret naming it that, and like now they'll, sometimes there'll be like a subtitle mm-hmm. making fun of the name over the title card, and one of them was ah. like. Naming things is hard, isn't it? Like, like, 
they know it's the wrong town and they just can't change the name. I mean, the wrong town, the I wrong mean, name. have changed their name. You had um, um, the Hogan family. Well, no, Valerie. Then it became Valerie's family. Then it became the Hogan family. And you had Ellen, which was originally like nine other titles and so on. So, I mean, it can happen. I didn't know any of that. Yeah, well, the Hogan family was a whole thing because originally it was um, Valerie Harper. And then she wanted too much money, so they killed her off in a house fire. Uh, and then they named it Valerie's family. And then after like a year, when they were finally like the ghost of her was gone, they switched it to the Hogan family. Oh. I, I used to love that show. I did too. Um, I'll continue. Uh, I can't quite put my finger on what I don't like about it, but I also can't explain why I keep watching it. I guess there's usually a moment or two in each episode that keeps me coming back. <clears throat> the premiere episode w- really worked for me, and I must say that it has nothing that nothing has lived up to that one in in my not so humble opinion. I had to figure out what the acronym was. Oh. Um, <laughs> Do you recall a little cruel bit in that pilot episode where someone tells Rachel or maybe passes her a note that says, why don't you just die or something along those lines? I really thought that this show would have some of that really nasty humor from time to time. You guys have referenced Heathers a couple of times, and I guess I still hope that Glee will become more of a dark comedy dark comedy one day. There are some good laughs from time to time. Brittany is a fan fave in this house, and I'm happy that they are focusing more on the kids this year. Too many times, however. That's a really good point. It is. Yeah, that it does. Like, oh, somebody's got mail from AOL. AOL. God. Um, I laugh at work when somebody has an AOL address. It's like, um, but sorry if you have AOL. I'm not. Um, But no, that's a really good point Scott makes about Glee that I, I think that is part of why a lot of people really latched onto it at the beginning, in the very beginning, because it was a meaner show and it was. Like, you did feel like it could get dark and very... And I always say it was much raunchier in the beginning. And they've definitely... I mean, the Christmas episode is a prime example of that, that they've softened a bit. But it could still get there. Yeah, it could come back. I feel like there's still threads of it every once in a while. It's just not as strong as it was in the beginning. Yeah, Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, He continues. Too many times, however, I feel as though some plot points are rushed and or important bits left on the cutting room floor. For example, either I missed something or Tina's paranoia about Mike and Brittany came out of nowhere. That was an important storyline, one which she one which started one which she started but there was really no genesis for it and it was all wrapped up in a nanosecond. Well, I think I think the genesis for it was that they all of a sudden had a solo together. Yeah. And yeah. they were spending all and this that, time together. Yeah, that aspect didn't bother me as much as say, you know, the whole Artie dumping Brittany no, and then Artie wanting Brittany back, forgetting the fact that Artie was the one who chose to end their relationship, you know. But, yeah, I mean, Glee does things like that sometimes, I think. Yeah, it's just something you have to accept. Um, he continues, that reminds me, someone mentioned on one of your recent episodes that maybe they should have an interracial, interracial relationship. Well, they've done that with Tina and Artie. This is true. Yes, they have. Um, here's my list of is-it-just-me questions. One. Is it just me, or is Matthew Morrison the worst actor on the show? He, <laughs> he really bugs me for some reason. I can't stand the way he grooves when others are performing, and while he's probably terrific, he just acts too big for the small screen. Am I missing something? I just don't see the appeal. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that's because you're not a female? <laughs> or interested in men? <laughs> well, it's funny, because like, Matthew Morrison's not my type at all. I think he's a dog. But, but exactly, I do too, yeah. 
And I can understand, like, and a part of it, I'm not going to even blame him as much as the writing sometimes and just the inconsistency where sometimes Will's an asshole and sometimes he's overly earnest. And it does make it like you never know kind of which Will you're going to get, which I think hurts it. Um, but I, I don't blame Matthew Morrison for it. And he's also a stage actor. So, of course, it's going to be a little mm-hmm. bigger than it needs to be. But I think it works for his character. Cause yeah, he's, I would agree. He's a choir teacher. He, you know, he has to be very enthusiastic about things. And about his kids. And he just loves his kids. And they make him tear every five <laughs> minutes or so. <laughs> um, two, is it just me or were the performances at sectionals very weak? In particular, the wobblers just basically, basically just swayed in the background like the Springfield Elementary Choir while Blaine <laughs> That's an awesome comparison. Um, I don't, I don't agree with that statement though because they had like, yeah, Blaine sang the whole solo part, but they were providing all the background music, like because mm-hmm. yeah, it was acapella, yeah. And yeah. um, and Will said they're you know they're a stool choir, they don't dance, like that's why we have mm-hmm. a an edge over them. Right. Um. Three, is it just me or do or does Leia Michelle have a clause in her contract stating that she must do a big belty Broadway standard every two episodes? I swear she's carrying an onion around just to keep her eyes constantly welled up. <laughs> Lisa, do you have a well, comment on this one? I think that it would be very smart for them to have that in her contract because that's what makes the show. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> I like the big ballads, but that's because I'm a musical theater geek, so. Yeah, and that's her character. Like, that's what she does. That's what she likes. Um, four, is it just me, or did the concept of theme weeks jump the shark with that Miss Brittany episode? The Madonna, yes. <laughs> the Madonna episode had underwhelming sh- song selection, selections. The Gaga episode was almost too current, and the Brittany one fell way short of expectation. Who else thought we'd have more than 45 seconds of Brit? By the time Rocky Horror rolled around, I was ready for a break from this type of show. I would just defend the Gaga episode because it didn't feel like, and I mean, this is coming from me who obviously doesn't know much Lady Gaga. It didn't feel like it was a Lady Gaga, even though the the one song and there was a whole plot point about Lady Gaga. Um, I think just because I love that episode so much in part, but it didn't feel like they were cramming the songs in the way they did all the other theme episodes. Yeah, I can agree with that. Except, except Rocky Horror. I feel like Rocky Horror worked because it wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, it had... There was a point. It, it was, yeah, exactly. And it was interweaved very well, yeah. considering that was the theme of the actual plot as well as the episode. Well, and the Gaga one wasn't really even one of those because there's only two Gaga songs in it. It was just two songs, right? Okay. Yeah. Um, so he finishes. So that's a lot of bitching and moaning. Sorry, but you two are knowledgeable and likely have opinions on these points. And I don't really have anywhere else to turn to because it's not exactly water cooler talk <laughs> around my office. <laughs> Take Aww, care, ladies. Mine neither. Take care, ladies, and keep up the good work, Scott. Thank you for writing. Thanks, Scott. I find it really wonderful that you're a corporate lawyer and you watch Glee. And we know that's not a lie I- because his email has, like, it was, like, written from work. It has, like, his footer on the end. It's, it's very official. It's awesome. But no, it's actually great. I've I've always felt like I should know a corporate lawyer in case, you know, something happens. So I feel good that I do now. Yes. Um, yeah, I just think it's great. And we gave you lots of opinions as we read it, so. 
<laughs> just a few. Just a few. Just a few. We're not opinionated at all, though. Not at all. No, no, no. We're not opinionated. We're just always right. <laughs> all right. So should I read the next email? Yeah. This one has very special attachments. It's exciting. This is exciting. Yeah. I'll, we'll get to the attachment at the end, right? Yeah. Okay. So this is from our friend Ashley. Um, Ashley, my horror hound roommate, Ashley, uh, whose titles her email, Gleemus and Gift Giving. And we'll get to her gift. Okay. <clears throat> Emily and Erica and Lisa. <laughs> well, I have to say I've missed some innocuous feedback for Emily to read some inspirational enthusiasm. I strongly reserve any one-sentence rantings on the evil of the psychological jail system more popularly described as graduate school for one of the main purposes of this email. Christmassy stuff and gifts and maybe some decent insight on a very glee Christmas. The older I get, the older I'm con- the older I'm convinced that high school buddy bonds that have started with the test of KIT time tend to share some sort of wacky psychic connection because Marry You from Erica's cherished ep- ep- season two episode Furt is burned in me and my Boston dwelling partner's head. So I sent her my downloaded copy. Last night, I get the totally awesome email of her nephew singing along that I just had to share with others who would appreciate it beyond the cute baby component. We will share it and it is fabulous. Yeah. Okay. Um, Further, I encourage thee to head to your local Five Below and pick up some very cool and reasonably priced Lee merchandise that I sadly can't wait to adorn in public for people to see. What is Five Below? Lisa, do you guys have Five Below? They just opened one across the street from the mall. I haven't been in there yet because I didn't know what it was, but now I'm totally going to check it out. Now you're totally going! Yeah, I don't know what that is. We don't have them here. Tell us what it is, Ashley. Or Lisa. (laughs) Yeah. Go and scope it out and give us a report. I'll go investigate. Now on to the show that started the commodity frenzy. To answer last cast's informal question about Finchel, I'm not entirely sure if I can pick a side, but like every relationship, it's complicated. When Rachel decided to cozy up to Puck out of hurt, I was unsure of the status of her relationship to Finn. But she was eventually honest, and I can understand Finn having flashbacks of all the damage done from the last time Puck was a target of his rage. I did kind of watch with a hand half covering my eyes, Rachel trying to make amends and Finn consistently shutting her down. I think I was expecting too much from someone like Rachel, being the 16-year-old she is, not to force her presence onto Finn. Backing him up in a corner is what I think ultimately made him come to what seemed a reluctant decision to break up with her. I'll admit, they did do a decent job of hacking to some real teenagery emotions that only later became painstakingly embarrassing. That's a good point. It's, it's a comp- it is a really complicated relationship because we, we were kind of on different sides on it and yeah. everything. But it's, it really, I really do like, the more I think about it, how this relationship is being handled. I still, I still just want them to be together because it's just easy. I know, but I kind of like that it's not so easy, you know, because it's not that easy. It's not, but that's what we complain about all the time about the makeup and the breakup and how many times can they break up and get back together? Yes, I do agree, except I think I can like, because I think like we said, like I can see both of their points and I can see why Rachel really isn't letting go and I can see why Finn is also not giving in. But I don't know. We'll see where that goes because we don't really know where it went in the end because it was left unresolved at the end of this episode. Okay, Ashley continues. Ah, Brittany, are we really surprised that she still believes in Santa? Further, Brittany's quirks and off-color one-liners are funny and endearing, but I'm not entirely too crazy about the idea of of infantizing her to such a Cindy Lou Who state to the extent her parents let the football coach dress as Santa to rekindle that magic for her. Unless she's really on that level, which I'm not convinced she is. 
she just has a very active imagination. I don't, yeah. It's, I really want to see Britney's parents. I do too. Yeah. I really want to know who these people are. Do I hear enablers? Do I hear a casting question of the week? <gasps> Ooh, you do. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's exciting. Oh my gosh, my head's like flooded with ideas already. Yes. Our question of the week, which we'll announce again later on. Who should play Britney S. Pierce's mother and father? Yes. Okay. Asha continues. The predictability of that, Sue becoming the Grinch, and Will playing sad loner, when everyone was extending a hand of comfort, really made this episode a forgettable one for me. I've been consistently enjoying Glee since I began watching, but the ebb and flow is making it difficult for me to discern the pros and cons at times. I suppose for me it's the whole underdog, witty dialogue and relationships, romantic or otherwise dynamics, that keeps me in tune. But like you guys mentioned before, there are way too many inconsistencies for them not to go unnoticed. One more thing, I'll probably be a bit of a conspiracy theorist, but I completely don't trust this new cultish boys' school Kurtz at. I've come to learn what looks good on the surface has murky depth. But the individuality theme being challenged by this new dynamic is as interesting as it is frustrating to watch. A part of my bias being my love for Kurt, and although new guy seems okay, I don't want to see him get hurt. Again. Didn't mean to make this email a dissertation. Been listening, loving, and laughing. You gals rock. Ashley, who you can find more of at buriedinabookcrypt.blogspot.com. And she's been blogging more lately. So, good. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of scared of Kurt's new school. I, I just, until I read her email, I didn't give it that much thought. But, I mean, because I just figured, you know, oh, he'll he'll be back. But I didn't really think of, like, like how, is he how gonna, it would happen. Why will he be back? I don't know. I, I know. I am... In a way, like, as much as, like, right now it seems like, yay, Kurt's so happy. I'm worried for him. Yeah. No. But he's not that happy. Like, all the boys are so intense and mean to him, except for, you know, Blaine. Blaine boy. Yeah. I don't know. Um. So should I now, Ashley sent us an attachment of her, I guess, her nephew. Um, her, her no, nephew. not her nephew. Her partner's nephew. Her part. Her yeah. Her, her, room, her roommates, her friends. Yeah. Um, and it's effing adorable. Um, note I said effing because it's about a baby, so I don't like to curse in front of babies. Yeah. Um, um, we no, we, we'll, we'll get in touch with her and ask her if we could post it in the forum. Yes, we should. I don't, I don't want um, to post it without her permission, but I think everybody should see it because it's adorable. It's fucking cute. Oh, God, wash my mouth. That was so... Um, <laughs> should I play it so that we can hear it, or should we just put it in the forums? Um, yeah, let, well, let's play it because there's audio to it. Like, you could hear... There is audio. You can, you can hear, hear it. And, okay, now to set this up, it's an adorable little baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, we can't hear it. You can? No, we can't. Are you playing it? You can't. Yeah. You couldn't hear it? No. No. Loud as ghost. Oh, he's dancing back and forth, and he's eating a cookie. And then he kind of gets bored with it, but then he comes in for um, to poke himself in the eye when they mention <laughs> to uh, look in the eyes. Well, basically, it's it's the song "Marry this, this You." Boy's Let me tell you that much. Um, yeah, so we, you can't hear it then. You can't hear it. So it's the song "Marry You," and it's this adorable little boy. Oh, and it starts with the part where they're like, "Don't say no, 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 no," and my singing's awful, and he sings. And then he goes. No, 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 no. He sings the no, 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 no. And he sings the yes, 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 yes. <laughs> and then at and the end. And he eats a cookie while he's doing it because he can multitask. And then at the end, there's a very cute woo part and he sings the high note. And, and he points to his eyes. 
when there's something about your eyes. Yeah, yeah. It's adorable. Everybody should have a child like that. Yes, that could sing along to songs by Bruno Mars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I can make Joplin dance to them, but the singing is still coming along because she's a cat. Um, and mm-hmm. Ashley also sent us a picture of two of the shirts that she picked up at her local Five Below. Um, they're really cute. One says, O.M. Glee. <laughs> Very adorable. And the other one, said, it's like, um, it says high school in an arc and then Glee Club below it. And it's like, I don't know what kind of shirt to call it. It's like an athletic club shirt. So it says high school Glee Club and it has like the XXL in the middle. It's very cute. Yeah, they're very adorable. And if, well, I'm going to see Lisa this weekend, so maybe we'll have to venture. Oh, we can take a field trip there. Yeah, we can. Very nice. Very nice, ladies. Um, so Next our, email? Yes. It's a long one, so I'm, I'm going to read it. Bear with me. Hopefully I won't mess it up that bad. Um, it is from Anna in London, who we've heard from previously, but not in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, it's titled Glee House of Horror, and she writes, Hello again, ladies. Lately with things like NaNoWriMo, is that how you say it? NaNoWriMo, yes, the November um, novel writing month. Yeah. Lately, things like NaNoWriMo and unpaid labor have been conspiring to keep me off of the TV and the interwebs, but I'm back now and all up to date. I write you from the midst of chaos and anarchy as the students riot in the streets, burn down Christmas trees, and throw paint at members of the royal family. I only hope I get the chance to send this email before all society collapses and the city reverts to cannibalism and tribal warfare. If that happens, at least I'll still have all the happy memories of Cast. Well, Anna, I hope you're okay, but I also kind of want to move to London now. That sounds fun. Yeah, it sounds like a really good time. Right? It wasn't like that when I was there. Yeah. I don't know. I went at the wrong time, apparently. Maybe because it was the holidays. Perhaps. Yeah. Um... So, Glee Season 2, Part 1, What Can I Say? Between the heights of duets and the plunging depths of Britney, Britney, it's been a very uneven half-season. Overall, I'm not sure I like the direction the show is taking. I'm half-tempted to agree with this article, which suggests that Glee should just give give up its already tenuous hold on things like reality and continuity and go all-out, balls-to-the-wall crazy. And is it just me, or is it getting more and more offensive? Um, I'm going to stop for one second and say that she linked to an article in, it was at slantmagazine.com and it was titled Fly Ryan Murphy Be Free and we'll post it over in the forum so everybody can read it. Um, Oh yeah, I think I read this a few weeks ago. Um, But yeah, we'll post it because it is, it makes some really interesting points. I don't know that I agree with all of them, but there's some interesting points there. um, She continues. There wasn't, ver- there wasn't much I liked about A Very Glee Christmas, apart from the blurt rendition of Baby It's Cold Outside, which gave me the epic warm fuzzies. <laughs> but I wasn't hating it either, until the end. Jaw, arrow, floor. It's obviously a down arrow she made. It's very visual. Yes, thank you. It is. Um, hey, kids, using wheelchairs, if your gym teacher is a gazillionaire, then maybe one day you too can walk like a real boy. It's a Christmas miracle. I've never <laughs> been more offended by Glee. And this from a show that has left no minority unoffended. Actually, that's not quite true. My friends and I discussed it, and we realized that the show hasn't offended people with Asperger's yet. So I'm sure they'll get onto that in 2011. Oh, they're totally going to go there with any number of characters that could prove to have Asperger's. Lauren yeah. Zeisis, she's got Asperger's. I bet it. She, she's a little too social, <laughs> I think. What's that? I think she's a little too social to have Asperger's. No, you can, you can be, uh, Asperger's, you can be, like, it's, I mean, my understanding of it, based on American Sex Top Model and a few people I know with it, um, it's something that you don't always notice in a person. It's just something 
Um, and of course I'm saying this and I could be terribly offending people out there with Asperger's. <laughs> we'll just like, do it on Glee's behalf. We'll, we'll offend. Exactly. Oh, it's told I'm, I'm offending from Glee. Yes. No, but, um, I've met people that in hindsight, I've kind of thought to myself, gee, I wonder if they had Asperger's. And one time I, it was totally confirmed. They're like, oh, he has Asperger's. I'm like, I knew it. Um, but it's something that like you can totally be, it's, it's not quite the depths of autism where, you know, you're not probably going to work by yourself every day and talking to your coworkers and everything else. It's, but I thought it, it, it was a social awkwardness. Like it is. Yeah. That's what A&TM taught me. <laughs> right. Well, it's that like, you know, not, not reacting, not picking up on social cues. Yeah. Um, a lot of times people just think that like, you're really rude, but really it's just that like, you don't understand other people's feelings necessarily. Um, you don't, you don't, it's, it's not really having a filter. So it's sometimes like, you know, just saying, um, you know, Glee Club sucks. Say so, things like that. <laughs> Glee Club is stupid. Um, <laughs> right. So basically, but what you're basically telling me is that Sue has Asperger's. Oh, Sue totally could have that. <laughs> listeners, listeners, if anybody is an expert on Asperger's and by expert, I mean, if you know, like, you know, anything about it, because I probably don't, like I said, I learned most of it from American Except Model and like one article in time. Um, yeah. Could Sue have Asperger's? Which that's our other question of the week. <laughs> we do. We're on a really long hiatus. So who's going to play Pretty's parents and which character ugly should be diagnosed with Asperger's? <laughs> Maybe it's Mike Chang. He doesn't speak very much. <laughs> he just wants to do it. <laughs> um, okay. Anna continues. <laughs> you guys have talked some about the problematic portrayal of overweight characters, but to me the show's most flagrant offenses lie in its attitude towards women. I seriously think it should change its name to the double standard show. No other show literalizes the whore, the virgin whore dichotomy so thoroughly. Santana and Brittany are the school bicycles, maliciously stealing the virginities of male characters Finn and Artie in between screwing every other guy in the school and fooling around with each other. However, while both Finn and Artie regret losing their virginity, they quickly get over it and don't suffer in any discernible way. Contrast this with the one female character we have seen lose her virginity, since Rachel and Emma choose to stay chaste and wholesome, while Coach Beast is actually a 40-year-old virgin, I hope she has a large and well-loved collection of vibrators. And they'd have to be large. She's a big woman. Yeah, she's a big woman. Quinn submits to pressure from Puck, who is of, cor of course promiscuous without being judged and is punished with pregnancy, loss of her social status, and getting kicked out of her parents' home. After spending a season playing, paying the price for her one foray into whoredom, she has earned her place back she has earned back her place on the virgin side of the tracks, and she's staying there now that she's learned her lesson. The virgin whore dichotomy, of course, explains why Emma rushes into marriage with Dr. Carl, because it's the only way of legitimizing female sexuality. Meanwhile, in other double standards, Finn breaks up with Rachel for cheating on him with Puck. Does nobody remember season one when Finn cheated on Quinn with Rachel? What is going on? Is anyone still watching the same show as me? <laughs> Honestly, I'm afraid for the future of Glee, but whatever happens, happens. At least I'll have GleeCast to help me through it. So basically, you better keep doing what you're doing. Happy holidays, Anna in London. Okay, that's, I mean, she makes a, ask some really interesting questions about the characters on Glee. I think to an extent, is it Glee that's doing this? Or is it just the nature of, in high school, if you're a girl and you sleep around, you're a slut. If you're a boy and you sleep around, you're cool. Like, and that, that you know, idea kind of, stays throughout your whole life um that's yeah that was exactly what I was gonna say I don't 
I don't think it's necessarily Glee in particular. I think it's just kind of the way people think yeah. about it. I mean, Will has been called out for his, you know, for his ways. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, back when uh, Emma called him, you know, wait, what did you call him again? She called him a slut, didn't A slut, a slut, 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 yeah. Um, so I feel like that at least was acknowledged. The, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's interesting. And the, I'm try, I don't know, I'm trying, I'm trying to think of words to discuss a few things. Um, <laughs> help me out. Lisa, what do you think? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I think it's what Erica said, that it's just like, that's what high school is. That's what mm-hmm. happens. So is it right to be doing it? No, but those are the opinions that high school students have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not necessarily the opinions of, um, you know, Ian Brennan and Brad Falchuk and Ryan Murphy. It's right. It's and especially nation. coming from, like, the creator of Nip Tuck, I, I don't think, you know, you can Right, who knows a thing or two over. about, yeah, male sluts, yeah. Yeah. It's, and I think that very much with Quinn. It, what? It, oh, somebody Is everything just, okay? <laughs> right? Yeah, it was Lisa, right? I did you do a thing. Did, you didn't move the computer? It was me. No. Oh. I don't know. I was like somebody got hurt there. Yeah, there was a loud noise. <laughs> I don't know what it was. Yeah, I, I guess with with I'm back to Quinn. Like I I I, I think she's even acknowledged some of that. I think that like the way people treat her, and you know how awful it was when suddenly like she fell off of her throne. And I, I, yeah, I think I just agree with what we were kind of saying over and over again that it's it's. It's not right and it's not fair, but it's kind of the way it is, I think, which is a really depressing thing to say, I guess. Yeah, because, well, let's think about it. Is there only a double standard for the kids or does it exist for the teachers, too? I don't think it does. Well, we haven't, we don't really have any sexually promiscuous adult females. Right. I mean, all the females on Glee are fairly sexless or just very, you know, you have Emma, who's, you know, I mean, like, yeah, you have Emma and you have Beast. So well, you have two women who are shy about sexuality. And then you have Sue, who is... Well, she sexually blackmailed Principal Figgin. That's true. I did forget about that. That was pretty fantastic. And she wasn't, you know, chastised for it. True. Very and true. it worked in her favor. Yeah. So, so I, there. Yeah. I think it's just... I don't think it's... Well, I, I'm just going to repeat myself again. I don't think it's Glee. <laughs> I don't think it's the writer's... I think it's the nature of high school because in that one example that we managed to pull out of our asses, <laughs> the double standard did not exist for Sue. There you go. Hope Who also not. kind of defies everything, but what can you do? Yeah. All right. So should I get on with our last email? Sure thing. All right. This is from the one, the only Wayne Kotke, who titles his email as they shout it out with glee. Yippee! Amity and exorcist. I'm exorcist. Oh, no, Are I'm you? Not. Damn it. <laughs> not. I never get this right. Anyway. We could switch if you want, because I don't. I like Amityville Horror better than The Exorcist. Okay. Let's go, because I prefer Exorcist. Who is Actually, I, prefer, I really prefer Exorcist 3. Just a side note, everybody. If you haven't seen it, it's great. Okay. Uh, Wayne Wright. We need, we need to give Lisa a horror name, even though she'd hate me for it. Uh, I don't want a horror name. 
There's not a lot of horror movies that start with L. There's a, no, there's actually a horror movie called Lisa that's on my queue, but I haven't watched it yet. All right. Oh, no, that's just So me. we can say you're that. I think it's, <laughs> it's on Instant Watch. Anybody want to watch it? Tell me if it applies to Lisa. Let me know. All right. Wayne writes, let me begin with a vague memory of Christmas past. When I was in high school, the students who were in a vaguely Glee Club-esque organization called Madrigals actually did go from class to class singing Christmas songs. Maybe they still do. I don't know. But I really and truly hated those madrigal kids and dreaded their shamelessly hammy class-interrupting performances. Not that fifth-hour world history was any too enthralling, mind you, but I would rather have listened to my teacher drone on about the ancient Etruscans or whatever they have to endure, yet another perky acapella rendition of Jingle Bell Rock or Feliz Navidad or, may the saints preserve us, fruitcake. To me, fruitcake is the most evil piece of music ever conceived by man, my own personal dies in a... I don't know how to say that. The very sound of it turns my blood into ice water. It is even worse than the foul dessert for which it is named, if you can conceive of such a thing. What is fruitcake as yeah. a song? Lisa, do you know this song? I have no idea, but now oh, I'm going to I'm disappointed, because Lisa's I'm like, I know. A Christmas queen, and you don't I know I feel like song. maybe it's one of those songs that, like, you, you've heard, but you just never listened to the words on, maybe? I don't like, know. I have never knew, knew there was a song about fruitcake, but I'm so intrigued now. Okay, Wayne continues. I thought a lot about those magical performances while watching A Very Glee Christmas. After a few episodes, which seemingly took place here on planet Earth, the Christmas episode was most definitely set on Mars, judging from the behavior of just about everyone in it. But you know what? That's fine. Consistency, said that renowned progressive William Allen White, is a paste gem that only cheap men cherish. I don't want Glee to be consistent. I want it to be even. I don't want it to be neat and tidy. I want it to remain the occasionally thrilling, often maddening mess that it is. And Part of that means doing occasional way the heck over the top episodes like this one. Um, we haven't talked obviously about the episode yet, but I, I'm going to kind of agree with what he's saying. It definitely felt significantly different from the last two episodes, and to me, that was not a bad thing. I, Wink. I don't, do you want to talk or do you want to wait? I don't know. We can wait. Go ahead. Oh my god! Now I'm so curious what you think. Okay. <laughs> Wayne writes, a post-mortem follows. Instead of easing up on the Lauren sure is fat and eats a lot jokes, Glee decided to double down. The show treats her like she's a character on the Smurfs, where everyone has one distinguishing personality quirk. Lauren would be the compulsive eater Smurf. But I still maintain that Lauren could could be an awesome and hilarious character, and I offer her evidence of her rapid-fire showdown with Sue in the hallway. You want my hat was probably one of my favorite lines of the episode, and it had nothing to do with food. Please, Glee, start treating Lauren as a person. Side note, is it possible that the name Lauren Zysis is meant to be suggestive of laryngitis? I don't know. Maybe. Um, anybody that listened to our last week's episode knows how much I agree with this. And um, once we talk about the episode, inevitably, you might suspect my low notes include the nine references to food Lauren had to make. <laughs> anyway. Wayne continues, only Glee, or perhaps The Simpsons, would include a tossed-off reference to the My Lie Massacre during an otherwise sentimental syrupy Christmas show. By my calculations, Sue would have been around eight years old at the time of said massacre, which to me only makes the joke funnier. Speaking of Ms. Sylvester, did you notice that Sue and Will have not exchanged Merry Christmases at the very end? Uh, the final words spoken in this episode would have been, I hate you, that's awesome. During that heartstring-tugging final scene, Sue breaks from tradition and calls Mr. Schuster Will instead of her usual William. Sue's odd formality of calling him William is one of my favorites of the show's running gag, so I hope her casual use of the nickname Will can only be chalked up to some bad eggnog. 
I would totally agree about the last line thing. Okay, he continues. A few episodes back, I took new directions to task for not performing a song by The Who. But in this episode, they covered a song by The Who's. I ask you, is this karma or just a creaky coincidence? Let's hear it for the unsung crew of Glee, eh? The actors and writers get the majority of acclaim and attention, but I think the show is outstanding on a technical level. The production design, cinematography, lighting, etc. are all top-notch and help each show feel like a 43-minute movie. The show always looks great, but I thought they outdid themselves this time. Two standout moments. One, Becky hauling Sue in the wagon of stolen toys across the hall. Two, the devastating crane shot at the end of the Christmas tree lot scene, which served to emphasize Rachel's sudden isolation. Nice work, Glee crew. Um, I think the costuming as well. Yeah, costuming's great. Yeah. Like, one of my favorite things this episode was the Cheerios outfits are, like, tweaked for Christmas. Like, they have this, they like, had little... on candy cane socks. They had candy cane socks, but even, like, their jackets have, like, the they have like a hood but it's like a very Christmassy looking hood and it's just so cute like they've I don't know had, they, they've had those jackets on for the past few episodes okay maybe I just like it only stood out to me tonight it was because it, it got to be colder so it got colder. Yeah. <laughs> they had they had to adjust yeah I suppose what with their <laughs> slit skirts they had to put on a jacket fair enough <laughs> I do I like that though I just I, like I I felt like one of my favorite things also on it is how the cheerleaders all have the same posture. And like when they sit down, they always have like their hands folded in their knees. Like, and it just like touches like that, that really kind of, I think makes the different groups work and in its realistic universe kind of thing. All right, Wayne continues. A few more thoughts about the Christmas tree lot scene. Finn seems to be resisting Rachel's pleas for reconciliation because the script tells him to do so. Poor Corey Monheath seemed confused in these moments, as if he knows his character should be mad at Rachel for some reason, but he can't quite muster up the enthusiasm to actually yell at Leah Michelle. Let's not prolong this glee. Get these two back together. Rachel's cute as a button, and she's clearly learned her lesson. Nothing actually happened. Can't we just move on? Also, I wasn't familiar with the Wham song, but it turned out to be pretty nice. Somewhere in the world, though, George Michael is doing something unspeakable, something decidedly unchristmassy. I thought everybody knew that song. Yeah, you know, I did too, but I totally read another recap. I can't remember if it was Entertainment Weekly or AD Club that was like, I'd never heard this song. And I thought the same thing. Like, but, and I don't know music, and I knew this song. And everyone's covered it. Yeah, that's what I thought. It's like highly, highly covered. Like, I have a Jimmy Eat World cover of it. Like, it's lots and lots of people have covered it. I heard My it. cats have covered it. They have. Yeah. It was beautiful. Yeah. All right. Wayne continues. After taking issue with the grammar of what if God was one of us, I was thrilled to hear Rachel properly employ the subjunctive mood during her solo number. That's right, Rachel. I wish I were with you. I guess with this number, I also got my wish of Glee doing a Carpenter song, though there are maybe 50 other Carpenter songs I'd have rather heard. There's a great obscure one called Mr. Gooter, which would have been perfect for them, and the lyrics could so easily be altered to Mr. Schuster. I wouldn't place any bets on that ever happening. Eh, who knows? Of course, the Glee Glee-teers take turns singing lead on their Misfit Toys number, but Quinn's lines really stood out for me. Diana of Aragon has a very <laughs> soothing, non-ritualist voice with an almost old-fashioned 1940s quality to it at times. I'm with Emma on this. Use her more, Will. I would agree with that. Yeah, I like her voice a lot. Yeah, like it's not definitely not as as you know vocally strong or trained as Rachel's. But it does have a really nice sound to it. And when it's used correctly, it it does feel like she could have been one of those, like, yeah, like 50s sort of musical actors who don't really have to sing that much kind of thing. But, you yeah. mean she could have been a burlesque star? 
I think she could have been a burlesque. <laughs> All right, Wayne continues. Wow, major out of nowhere slams on both Channing Tatum and Charlemagne in this episode. Sorry, guys. Better luck next time. Maybe it was open season on guys with CH names. Look out, Charlie Chaplin. The Channing Tatum line obviously made it was me laugh. Amazing. And I love that it was Mike Chang. Yeah. That was pure gold. Okay. It was kind of disappointing to find out that Brittany has, like parents, and lives in a regular house and stuff. I kind of wanted Brittany's home to remain a complete mystery. But Brittany herself only became more opaque in this episode. Here is a young woman who is, by all accounts, very sexually experienced and who thinks nothing of making cruel and cutting remarks about her classmates. Though perhaps she only does this to fit in with Santana. In this episode, she's depicted as being almost superhuman in her naive innocence. She is the human equivalent of a jolly woodland creature from an old Disney movie. The whole storyline was an example of the show going way over the top, but it provided some moments of compelling drama. I found the scene with Coach Beast to Santa Claus very effective. I like it when Glee occasionally underplays the scene, as they did here. Nice work by both Dot Jones and Heather Morris here. I would agree. Well, we'll talk about it later. We'll get to it. A flashback in this episode proved that Will was a pretty lousy husband to Terry. His only possible alibi was that he intended to use those junker cables in the bedroom somehow. (laughs) 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 Ow. Okay. Random great Sue line. William, Elmo, you. You could see Sue's level of respect dropping from one person to the next. Two annoying TV conventions appeared on this show. First, I think all the presents came in gift boxes with separately wrapped gift lid, wrapped lids so that the characters didn't have to tear through gift wrap the way real people do. Secondly, during the scene in which Artie discussed Britney's belief in Santa Claus, the New Directions kids were able to talk about Britney without her hearing them, even though she was just a few feet away. I'm sorry, Glee, but I'm going to have to call bullshit on both of these. I hate the the fake present wrapped on, on movies. That always bothers me. I don't but, Is there a purpose for it? Why do they do it? Because it makes them look, the presents look pretty. And it's probably like if you're doing a lot of takes, it's easy. It's like, no, 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 don't, you don't have to actually unwrap it. Because then when we, now we need another present box for when you re- reshoot the scene. But I feel like, they, did they even open any presents this episode? I don't remember. I get annoyed because I'm a really bad gift wrapper. And so I'm very sensitive to that kind of thing. And so that way it just feels like it's cheating. I got fired from charity gift wrapping once. I don't want to talk <laughs> Okay. Wayne continues, unquestioned musical highlight of the episode, Baby, It's Cold Outside. Another very well-staged and generally delightful musical number set at Dolphin Academy. This setting is like the show's lucky rabbit's foot. The tasteful leather furniture, the bookcases, the matching blazers, the overall Rushmore meets Catcher in the Rye atmosphere. What's not to love? As usual, there is much more to say about this episode, but suddenly I am run over by a truck and therefore cannot continue. Bottom line, would I want every episode to be like this? Hell no. But I watched and enjoyed this one twice, maybe getting more out of it the second time through. Once I got used to the fact that this was going to be one of the show's, shall we say, less realistic episodes, I found that there was much to enjoy. And yes, I even got a little misty during the scene in the teacher's lounge with Becky and Sue listening in on the Glee Kids performance. Maybe it's because the corresponding scene and How the Grinch Stole Christmas always gets me. Remain ever gleeful. Wincotkey at d2rights.blogspot.com. Um... I don't, I don't know how much I agree with him saying this was, like, a less realistic episode. Well, Cause I mean, it just... So, what was so unrealistic about it? Just the fact that Brittany believes in Santa Claus? She also believes she had a magic comb last episode. Like, <laughs> come on! Um, I, you know, it's fine. You know, okay, I don't think it was about the realisticness, but the mood of this episode was very... I, maybe it was just that the mood was so light 
and non-plot heavy. And like this feels very much like it could have been almost the only, if you took out the Rachel Finn stuff, this episode have really had no plot bearing on anything. And it wasn't like you had to watch other episodes to get this episode. Because for the most part, it was all about Christmas and it was a very much old school in that way. Whereas, you know, old, older TV, like would just be, it's the Christmas episode standalone because they're going to rerun it every year around Christmas time. Um, well, it is the Christmas episode. Like, right. I, I don't think it, but I don't necessarily think that just because it was the Christmas episode, it was completely unrealistic in its, in, within the world it's set. Okay, I could agree. I guess it's more, I think, it's funny, I guess as you're saying that, I'm realizing more and more, because I feel like a lot of people have said that, that this episode was very, like, felt very fantasy, felt very much, you know, kind of in a different world than the last two Glees, let's say. I mean, and if you think about it, two weeks ago, we had the whole Larry, Kurt stuff, you know, Larry threatening Kurt's life. It was a much more serious episode. This episode was whimsical, yes, but I don't think it was unbelievable within the The universe. Yeah, within their universe. No, I think now that you say that, I think I agree. I think it's a very whimsical episode. But, yeah, you're right. It's not necessarily not tied to reality. Yeah. You know, except for Coach Beast buying him legs, but that's besides the point. He's a secret millionaire. (laughs) Apparently. I mean, well, yeah, maybe she made some investments in the dot-com era. She doesn't doesn't go out. She doesn't go out on dates, so. True. She must just be saving. Maybe Maybe she bets. Because she's probably a sports fan. Maybe she's actually, like, a, um, a gambler. Perhaps. I don't know. That's a good point. Where did Beast get the money for that? <laughs> we'll discuss this and other points when we return <laughs> on this week's episode of GleeCast. Indeed. Which will be in, like, you know, a few minutes after your break. Yes. After wink, the break. Wink, <laughs> Um, For, just to explain, we're... Um, this is, we're actually recording the feedback portion on Monday night, and since it was almost already an hour long, and it, we didn't want a marathon recording session, we're going to pause, and we're actually going to talk about the rest of the episode in two nights. Mm-hmm. So, but you won't know the difference, so it doesn't make a difference. Except the fact that you just told them, and now you have to kill everybody. You yes. spoiled the magic, Erica. Right? I just, it, I just like being honest. I don't want to yeah. lie to my listeners. My listeners and I, we have a very... Sometimes people need lies. Didn't you learn anything from George Bush? (laughs) No. (laughs) All right, so why don't we take a break? All right, we'll take a break and we'll be back. Christmas! Are you tired of film podcasts where the hosts exist in a constant, blissful state of agreement? I mean, the the main characters are two of the dullest main characters I have ever encountered in any film. Well, you're in luck. Let me introduce you to Chinstroker and Punter. One is an ex-film student with a penchant for David Lynch and art cinema. The other is a man on the street. Listen in perplexed and horrified terror as we tear apart one film a week. It just really is It's isn't. not visually striking. No. no just, just getting confirmation. It's just dealing, that's the third time though. I mean, I must, is this on? You can find us at chinstrokerversuspunter.podomatic.com. So come and share the victory. If you could find any man in film who would it be and why my answer is Lance Henriksen he wouldn't tell he looks like somebody (laughs) he looks like somebody who would keep a secret 
This is Rachel on Film from the Girls on Film Radio. Are you tired of all those vegetarian or vegan podcasts? We just listened to what the Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema had to say about the Girls on Film Radio. A lot of good meat in there. There's a lot of good meat in there that the girls talk about. You guys got a lot of nice meat over there at the podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. So there you have it. The Meaty Film Discussion by Meaty Women. Listen to Girls on Film Radio. Girlsonfilm.podomatic.com Christmas! Welcome back to Gleecast. Now that was a stressful break. It was. I know, there were ups, there were downs, there were, was a, two, a Wednesday and a Thursday. There was traffic, there were photo shoots. There was work-related emergencies, personal life issues, sore throats. I, my cat was locked in the closet all day. Oh, no. Yeah, I came home and um, Mookie was, was hopping around. And then at one point I heard meowing. And at one point I realized I didn't see Joplin. And then at one point I realized my closet was closed, which this happened a few months ago, only it was the other cat. So um, today it was Joplin's turn. And I just she came out and just went, meow, meow, meow. I just kind of meowed for a long time and then sat on my shoulder. She seems okay. I don't know. That's I think good. she she needs some quiet time. I'm glad she's okay. Yeah, we all need that sometimes. We all need to be locked in the closet. Yeah, the best of us do from time to time. It's true. It worked for R. Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> I just started thinking about that. I think I'm gonna listen to that tomorrow. You do that, and only as you do, think of it as my cat instead of him. I'm going to imagine Joplin being Imagine like... Joplin, a little, you know, little baggy pants, a little backwards. I don't know what R. Kelly actually wears in that, but... Because um, I'm uh, trapped in the closet. I actually only know this now. I've never, I never watched it, and I was really oh highly confident to do so. Um, but I did see the South Park episode where Tom Cruise is trapped in the closet. We're just trapped in the closet. And that's just what I think of the song as. So um. <laughs> That's basically <laughs> it. You kind of got it right there. Oh, okay. So, but isn't it like 19 hours worth of... Yeah, like, it's like, it's a whole bunch of different chapters and there's a different story. To eat. It's amazing. You really do have to, like, watch it. Okay. There's a part with a midget or a little person Ooh. to be politically correct. Except I think right? he calls him a midget, so it's really not politically correct. I'm pretty sure he does, yeah. yeah. That's still one of the most baffling PC changes in recent years is... um. And now I'm short, but I am not what you would consider a little person. At what point did little person become the less offensive term? And why is it the less offensive term? That's I'm what not, I'd like. To, it's I'm a, not it's really an open sure. question. It is our third question of the week. <laughs> <laughs> I can only I can't remember both of our <laughs> questions. A question yet. for every week we're on hiatus. <laughs> indeed, indeed, indeed. Um, so should we talk about Glee again? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Totally. Yeah, so this was a very Brady, a very, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can see where my mind is. Um, this is a very Glee Christmas, much like in the early, the late 1980s, there was um, a very Brady Christmas, which was wonderful. Um, and Floris Henderson sang, it was beautiful. Okay, so uh, the synopsis is, Call out the holly for a very Xmasy glee. New Directions plans a very Charlie Brown holiday, but Will reminds them what the celebration should be about, helping those in need. Hence, a caroling fundraiser for an orphanage or, or kids' homeless shelter or something is planned, but falls apart when their fellow classmates prove to be jerks. Meanwhile, Sue hijacks the faculty's secret Santa, prompting a mini-war declared by Will, Emma, and Beast. 
Artie struggles to keep the spirit alive in Brittany, who proves, not too surprisingly, to still believe in Santa Claus. So much so that she asks the man, aka African-American mall employee, to give her boyfriend the gift of walking. This act prompts the entire Glee Club to rally towards protecting the fragile innocence that is Miss Pierce's sense of whimsy. Rachel tries her best to win back then, even musically converting to Christianity to do so. It proves unsuccessful. What's successful? Sue's Grinch Project to steal New Direction's holiday spirit, aided, of course, by the faithful reindeer-clad Becky. Will riles up his kids to try an alternate non-Gift of the Magi route with a musical performance in front of the more forgiven McKinley faculty, a gesture that softens even the hardened, too small heart of one Sue Sylvester. In the Sideways universe, Kurt flirts with Blaine, and the Sideways, Sideways universe explodes from adorableness. It's cute, it's Christmas, it's what you missed on... Glee! We were so close to all three being in the <laughs> didn't plan I'm so Maybe in the new year, as that's our resolution. It is for the two of us to get on the same page, but I'm impressed that Lisa chimed in with it too. I I as am I. As am I. Thank I have you. many skills, thank you. Indeed. <laughs> you need right. to teach them to us, apparently. <laughs> so it's glee. And it's, it's glee. Uh, now, this is an Ian Brennan written episode. Um, Ian Brennan, I know, is probably my favorite writer of the three. I don't know how I think. Erica, you seem to lean towards him. What about you, Lisa? I don't know. I haven't done enough research into them. Oh, my God. I know. Well, I'm awful. Do you um, hear us go on and on about who wrote what episode every week? Are you not, are you not a loyal listener, Lisa? I you, am, but I don't. You're fired. Oh, man. You guys know my memory stinks. You're rehired. Hang up this Skype call right now. <laughs> Tear. Just kidding. We love you. Um, well, Ian Brennan did um, Wheels yes. and Duets. Enjoyable, both of them. Um, um, I think he did Mattress, I think. Might be wrong about that, but I think. He does the good ones. Let's just say he's your favorite. Yeah, okay. I, he well, does then, the most even ones. I love way. Ian Brennan more than words can say. Woohoo! There you go. <laughs> All you have to do to make it real. Um, and, we... yep. Yeah, oh, I was going to start talking about people. Did you have something else to say? Uh, No, no. I think, Um, do we want to go into the plot and then we'll give our opinion on whether or not we liked it and then we'll do the songs? Sure. Okay. Um, I was going to say, can we just talk about Rachel and Finn first and get it out of the way? Because, the way. because they're kind of the boring one. Yeah. So, so Rachel, Rachel tries to get him back by oh, singing so. Christmas songs to him for some reason. Well, I mean, I got that. And I kind of liked Finn in this episode. I liked him, not entirely. I liked how he just liked Christmas and just liked, and um, it's it was on a very surfacey level, kind of just like, yeah, what? I like real treats. What? I like tradition what the and rachel is smart and used this and tried to mm -hmm. use that to win him back and it failed um miserably I, yeah <laughs> i really enjoyed her wardrobe this episode because if you notice she starts out the episode in blues navy blues and stuff like that which is obviously hanukkah colors um and she's jewish as we know mm -hmm. and then as she tries to win finn back she appears on stage for um, Merry Christmas, Darling, in, like, a very Christmassy outfit, red. This um, is true. Red and, like, white and stuff. And then also in the tree lot, when she tries again to get <laughs> Finn back, she's wearing, again, she's wearing, like, a white coat and a, or, a, no, a white hat and a red scarf or something. She's in Christmassy colors again. Okay. And then after the Christmas tree lot scene, when Finn's like, no, we're officially broken up, 
which is kind of a weird thing to say. Um, <laughs> There's she, paperwork involved. <laughs> they're back. They're back in the choir room, and all the all the guys are in green, and they're all across the back row. And then all the girls, like include you know the Cheerios are obviously in red, but even like the other girls are kind of in mm-hmm. red. Except for Lauren, who's in some weird col- mixture of colors, which I thought was Oh, it may have been what she was eating. They have gotten over Yeah. <laughs> but I also found that interesting because she's kind of, like, not part of the group yet. So she mm-hmm. was in different colors. And then Rachel was right in the middle of the group in really bright blue. And it was just a really striking oh. scene for me visually because I was like, oh. <laughs> like, she stick out. She stuck out like a sore thumb. And I just, I really liked, I really liked the color story of her wardrobe this episode. <laughs> Some Project Runway of you to pick up on. I know, wasn't it? I was, I was yeah. super excited when I saw it. And I was like, I have something intelligent to say this episode. That was intelligent. It's great attention to mise-en-scene. It's like you're a film yeah. student or something. Right? Oh, weird. She right. should have a degree in it. Wait, wait, I do. <gasps> oh, oh my, my goodness. goodness. Oh. That wasn't that smart at all. You should do better. <laughs> Damn it. All right. Uh, that's, I mean, that's, that was... that's really good observation. Um, I liked... There was something really cartoonish about, I think, Rachel, like, I don't know, this whole, because the whole episode, just with the fact that they constantly reference Grinch and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and Charlie Brown, even, like, it just, it felt like one of those hour-long Christmas specials from the days of yore. Mm-hmm. And e- even down to, like, Rachel kind of looked like a Peanuts character, like, with a little beret and, like, her hair looked different this episode. Um, yeah, so it fit. It was curled for a lot of this episode. Yeah, which is not normally. And the beret made her look really sad. It did. Yeah. <laughs> um, so did we talk about them enough? Yeah, I'm kind of, you know, you we said how much we really like them as a couple. And now I think they either need to break up or stay to, or get back together. Because this sort of dragging, oh, will they, won't they, blah, 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 is uh, kind of a downer. I think they just need to break up. Ooh. So there. <laughs> well, I can't stand Finn. He's boring. But he works for Rachel because Rachel's so dramatic. So, Blah, yeah. whatever. I watched um, on Tuesday. They had the they were showing old Glee's, and I don't normally watch live TV, but I was doing laundry, so it was convenient. And it was the Donna episode, um, and it was really weird to watch. Now, I guess, but it was kind of when her and Jesse are first, you know, are oh. kind of almost doing the nasty, if you will. And it was, it was funny because she just has had such a different chemistry with Jesse, obviously, than she does with Finn. Does with Finn. And I'd kind of forgotten that. You mean because Jesse St. James's character likes boys? Well, his character does. <laughs> oh, wait, yes, it does, of course, because if he does it in real life, then his character obviously does. No, 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 no. I was saying it because when, if you, it call back to when he first came on, I thought, I thought that was like the thing. I thought he was. Oh, that was that. We all thought he was gay. That's right. Yeah. Uh, it was a joke. It fell flat. It's okay. It wasn't a good one. I complicated it. <laughs> Thanks, Lisa. All right. We'll, we'll see. To... His Christmas gifts to make the drive up to Massachusetts. <gasps> oh. Maybe. We'll see. Uh, who's next? Um, Storyline. I don't know why I have all these people. Yeah, you have like 57 people. Yeah, this might have been an, this was an outline from like last week and I just kind of copy over it and write notes, but sometimes I forget to delete everything, which is why Artie and Brittany appear twice on my list. Because <laughs> um, nothing happened with Puck. Nothing happened with Puck. Uh, stuff happened with um, uh, Kurt. Just, uh, I mean, Kurt just saying, it was, we'll get to that in the song. We'll get to that. Um, so we have two storylines left. Um, 
Let's do let's do <laughs> um, Will Beast Emma Sue. Okay. After I cough up a little bit, I am. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So Sue Sorry. rigs the uh, rigs the Secret Santa, so she gets of all the gifts. Because that's a very Sue thing to do. It's also a kind of awesome thing to do. Yeah. I mean, not morally, but in for in terms of what you actually get from it. Hey. We could set up a diversion. Apparently, it's very easy. Yep, especially when you have you know an entire team full of young girls willing to do your bidding. And your secret Santa um, picking is done in the middle of the school hallway during class hours. And especially if you're going to get six shake weights out of the deal. Yeah. Yeah. Those things go probably fetch a fair price. Or you can have one in every room. That was the thing. Didn't they like, didn't they have a limit set for this? Like she got her, Beast got her a blender, an expensive blender and... Will is buying her fur-lined tracksuits. Yeah, like, most places do put a cap on Secret Santa, and I believe, like, I I would imagine, and, I mean, we have friends who are teachers, and I'm sure maybe some listeners who are. I don't think teachers, of all people, are ones to spend, like, a hundred bucks on a Secret Santa. Yeah. Yeah, Maybe they pay extremely well at McKinley High. Who knew? Um... So it, throughout this storyline, I really liked all of the visual cues from How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Yeah, yes, it was wonderful. It was probably one of my like favorite things this entire season. I thought it was great. Hmm. Um, oh, I did look. Okay, I watched this another time in between when we recorded the feedback and when we're recording now. And mm-hmm. I did look at the presents. And all the presents that the kids are putting under the tree in the choir room... And all of Sue's presents are wrapped like normal gifts. The only gift that is like, that is an openable one with the top mm-hmm. on top is the one that Sue gives Will. And technically it's not gift wrapped. It's like a fancy box. Okay. Like the top of the box is all glitter and the bottom of the box is just regular green. Okay. So it's huh. not like a fake gift wrap box. It's just a fancy box, which they sell at Target, which leads me to my next point. The bag that, um, the bag that Will, (laughs) like really intensely, apparently, the bag that Will brings a gift into the choir room in, oh no, it's the one that he's giving to Sue, it's a Target bag, and Lisa will be getting her Christmas gift in it, because I had already purchased it for that. It's a very Glee Christmas. It is. Um, yeah, I was like, Will shops at Target. That makes perfect sense. It does make perfect sense. <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I mean, Target is like suburban heaven. So, yeah. Yeah, I think I'm I'm done with my visual things. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see about that. We will see about that. Um, there was a, a mention of Emma and Will sort of this episode. She kind of says to him, like, oh, I feel like things have been weird between us. And it, nothing really happens from that. She invites yeah. him over for Christmas. He declines. So that that tension is there still, I guess. It exists. Yeah. I mean, this overall, we talked about this earlier in the feedback. I think it was a very standalone episode. Yeah, except for Finn and Rachel. Except for Finn and Rachel. And so this brings us to the last um, storyline, which which centered around the innocence that is Brittany S. Pierce. I really love this storyline. It was really great. (laughs) Like, of course, Brittany believes in Santa Claus. She does. Yeah. And I mean, of course, like, of course, you're not going to be the one to tell her he's not real. Although nobody wants to be that one. I do have to say, like, 
obviously Will was aware of what was going on. So some teachers and Beast knew. So the teachers knew. I want to know why no one realistically in this school went to Emma and was like, listen. Hey, there's this 16-year-old girl. This is kind of child abuse. Like, maybe. (laughs) She's had sex with the entire school, but she still believes in Santa Claus. Like, maybe we should bring her parents in for a meeting. I I see nothing wrong with this at all. (laughs) Lisa? um, (laughs) Well, Lisa, you're... I feel like, full disclosure, we need to tell the the Glee cast listeners that Lisa has the word believe tattooed on her wrist, so. <laughs> this is truth. <laughs> in, the, uh, in the Macy's font. <laughs> That's um, right. Yeah. I'm not hating, I'm just. I, it's, it's awesome. Adorable. It's awesome. Kind of creepy, but adorable. I, I took you to get it, so. I know, it's adorable. You're an enabler. You are Artie. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I don't want to party. Um, when I saw the scenes for for this episode, I got a little nervous that the whole Britney believing thing could go, you know, in a cheesy, stupid direction really easily. But I thought they in handled it really nicely. In a what? In a new direction. Oh, <laughs> yes. In a new direction. Oh, punage. Yay. Now, um, we should acknowledge this because I know a lot of people have been talking about it. The Artie's legs at the end and, you know, this. Okay, I am prepared for this. All right. Um, I I don't know how I feel about it. Erica, go. I researched the rewalk. They have a website. It is by Argo Medical Technologies. Their website is argomedtech.com. It's A-R-G-O-M-E-D-T-E-C.com. This is a real thing. Um, It's basically within the next couple of weeks, it is supposed to be ready for worldwide commercial deployment. Um, so you can't get it commercially yet? Not yet. Lies, Glee. No, I have a theory. <laughs> We're going to get there. Um, the website basically said that the like there was a frequently asked questions section, because obviously I was looking for the price, because I knew this was a big deal for listeners and watchers and whatever. And they basically said the annual consumer price will be co- comparable with typical average annual expenses of people confined to wheelchairs. So it's kind of just a trade-off. Except you can't wear them all the time. Right. So you still need well, that's what Glee said. <laughs> but the website said that it can, for the most part, it can replace, like, it can replace oh, okay. the wheelchair for long amounts of time. The battery, it's only seven pounds. The battery lasts three and a half hours, but you could, you know, take out, have a backup battery, take one out, put a new one in. Oh my god, a great horror movie is going to be made about this. <laughs> it's, been, it's been around and in development since 2008. And I found two different, well, I found a couple of different numbers. Um, it looks like the latest number they've come out with is $100,000. But they're saying that insurance may at some point work, like insurance companies are looking to find a way to try and defer the cost. Okay. And some sophisticated wheelchairs can cost as much as $20,000. So it's, you know, it's more than that, but it's walking. It's not sitting in a wheelchair. Okay. That's true. That's true. Interesting. And Michael, I was speaking to him, my boyfriend about it before, Mike, and um, he was pointing out, he was like, well, Beast is a gym teacher, so she might have some connections in the physical therapy. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Maybe she didn't pay full price for it. Maybe it's a theater tester. Maybe it's a sample. Yeah, it doesn't come out for a few more weeks, according to real-life timelines. So, okay. So, there. 
Lamb. Bam. <laughs> Roasted. Yeah, it, it didn't, I mean, sh- like, come on, you're suspending belief for the fact that these kids can choreograph an incredible song and sing perfectly to it in, ten, in five minutes. You're not going to suspend belief that the kid can get legs for a day, you know? Yeah. It didn't bother me. Um, it was I sweet cried a lot. I, yeah, I totally Stopped. teared up. <laughs> I, I teared up, I think, the second time I watched it. I teared I up think. both times. Yeah, I mean, I, admittedly, it was the first time I watched it. It was, my mind was elsewhere. I've had some personal issues this week. Um, and so the first time I was just kind of like very surfacey enjoying it. Um, and then the second time when I was really sitting down and, you know, taking my notes and stuff was when, um, yeah, it got to me. Like, I didn't cry, but I, you know, like, uh, I welled, I think. And it, it touched me, if you will. Um, so, yeah, that's my defense of Beast and the Rewalk. And if our listeners don't agree with my defense, they can write in and we'll we'll take it up. Or challenge her to a duel. Yes, I am ready yeah. to duel. I mean, you know, we don't back down. Um... Can we talk briefly about the different incarnations of Santa Claus that Brittany believes in? <laughs> okay. The really tan Santa Claus. The very tan Santa Claus. <laughs> because there's a hole in the ozone layer at the North Pole. Who, is this man not the worst Santa Claus ever? Like, yeah. he, you see the kid in the fucking wheelchair shaking his head at you, and you're like, yeah, yeah, I can make him walk. Yeah. I mean, come on. I, I mean, if any of our listeners have ever been a mall Santa Claus, please let us know. I don't think those jobs pay great. And yes, I am totally basing this off of the Simpsons episode where Homer was Santa Claus for a few <laughs> days and got paid like 10 bucks. $13, actually, I think. Um, I thought they play, paid really well. I thought they got like 100 bucks an hour to be Santa. Well, according to Roseanne, Mr. Santa Claus gets paid more than the elves and Mrs. Claus. But um, I don't know. Uh I don't know. Anybody out there knows, let us know. Because you that you can go to and like learn to be a really good Santa. <clears throat> I'm not sure. Okay. I mean, I feel like if you're doing a good job, you should get rewarded for that. But I've also seen like the last couple of years where I know my nieces and nephews have gone to, you know, the malls to see Santa Claus. It's been like the most hilarious, awful Santa Claus. They are usually white. Um, but they also usually have the beard that like you could see like crumbs and cigarette ash and plastic <laughs> ripping off of it. And, you know, they never look happy to be there. Their eyes are looking elsewhere and they, they, you know, but I feel like that There's depends. Some shit Santa Claus is out there. Yeah. But that, you know, you don't take them to the fucking Sunvet mall. Take them to <laughs> That's totally where they go too. No. <laughs> why did your sister take your niece and nephew there? She finds it amusing. What the hell? That's awful. And there's Wait, no line because nobody wants to go there. No, no one goes there because they're the worst Santa Clauses ever. That's like, listeners, that's like our like shady, not even a mall. It's like, it's like some stores in a building. It's barely a mall. I wouldn't even yeah, classify it. They've had that, that, that frame store there and there's a gap. and um, um, There's a wall bounds in that mall. And I, I use the term mall very loosely. <laughs> what mall do you know has a food store? They have a Mandy. To the rescue. Exactly. And a tuxedo shop. A dollar store. Hey, you don't have a dollar store, you ain't a mall. That place has a dollar store, hence mall. Awful. Worst mall ever. (laughs) With the greatest displays ever. (laughs) Their Easter Bunny totally looks like it's going to kill you. (laughs) I love it. The worst. Right. Um, Yeah. You need to. I'm so mortified that your sister takes her kids there. 
I can't get over it. I mean, it's. I think Eric is about to call child protective services. <laughs> I, would, I, I like don't go there unless I. Well, that was the thing. Like for the first couple years, the pictures would be so great because it was just like the first year it was my like my niece when she was really young and it's just her and she just looks really confused <laughs> and the next year it's her and my nephew and like she's crying and he just looks dazed the next year they're both crying and like it's this progression and then like now it's like they smile like they kind of have these like smiles that look really uncomfortable because you can tell they know something's wrong <laughs> uh, but it's not like fear anymore now it's just kind of confusion uh, but it, it makes for really entertaining photos please take them to a better Santa. But then it's not as entertaining <laughs> for the rest of the family. Like, the Santa at the Macy's in Manhattan is amazing. So fantastic. He's great. Well, there's multiple ones, not to spoil the, uh, <gasps> the show, but there's, like, different rooms to make the line move faster, and it's, like, a maze, so you never see the other Santas. But... I was going to say, because that's a lot of pressure on the parents to, like... And I'm guessing it's kind of... Um... Uh, like the Santa Claus can't ever like go to the bathroom in uniform or anything. Oh, I don't know. I'm sure they have. I'm sure it leads directly into like a back room, a back break room where there's a bathroom. Okay. But it's Macy's. They're magic. Apparently, there was something really cute about Macy's was that they refused. Um, when Elf was being made, Elf wanted to use Macy's as the soup, the um, department store. Yeah. And Macy's declined because they didn't. They wouldn't. Uh, they would not let their Santa Claus be shown in a way that showed he wasn't real. And, you know, it's funny, though, in the musical, they do refer to it as Macy's, I think. Do they really? Really? Because I remember I because I remember I had to think of what the name of the department store was. Because I, I know it's Gimbal's. Yeah. But I had to be like, oh, like they just called it Macy's. It's not Gimbal's in the musical. <laughs> Wait, you saw think. it? Yeah, I saw it. What'd you think? It was a lot of fun. It wasn't great, but mm -hmm. it was, you know, it was fun for what it was in okay. the season and for the limited run. Sure. It wasn't like, okay. I wasn't like, oh my God, I need to go see that again. It was just a lot of fun. Oh, wow. There I were I no, what bothered me is that there were no, um, there were no like traditional Christmas songs. It was all new music. Okay. So it was weird. All right. Now, is that a good segue into these songs of this episode? <laughs> sure. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. Oh, we didn't talk about the other Santas. I had one other comment. Oh. I mean, one was obviously Sue, which was fine. She was green. But, um, and because <laughs> I mean, that happened in How the Grinch Stole Christmas anyway. But um, the other thing I wanted to say was, why did Beast take off her beard? <laughs> That's a brilliant question. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't. Maybe because it was hard to enunciate with a uh, plastic beard. <laughs> I thought maybe like maybe it was like an acting thing. Like it was a very serious and heartwarming scene. Maybe they didn't want her to act it through the beard. Right. But I feel like it would have been better if the beard was just down to begin with then because it was an odd thing for her to take uh, it off. It an odd choice. That's, that's a good yeah. point. Okay, we can talk about the songs now. I have a lot to say about this episode, apparently. Apparently. It's, I do too, I think. And it's, um, I guess we should save our evaluations for later. Sure. I feel like it's kind of out, like what we all thought okay. of. Okay. So, <laughs> the right. truth so, is out. Lisa, what did you think of this? If, as a, in your, your opinion, what did you think of this episode? I loved this episode so, so much. Um, I felt it was just full of Christmas spirit and um, loved it as a standalone episode. And it made me very, very, very happy. Hmm. Okay. Erica. I, I agree with that. I really enjoyed it. Um, I, I think it had a lot of great jokes and one-liners, which we'll get to in the high notes. 
um yeah i really loved it i really enjoyed it um not probably one of my like all-time favorite glee episodes i don't think this was anywhere near the best episodes but i think it did like you said it had the perfect tone and spirit and we, we talked a while back about standalone episodes of TV and how shows don't really do them anymore, at least the mm-hmm. shows we watch. And this episode worked as that, but without the way the Britney episode felt like it was a total, like, shoot up in the sky and whatever we get that's entertaining will stick. Like, this one was still really character motivated and everything else. It was just, like, really lovable. And I like, I think more than anything, what I loved about this episode was that it felt like a Christmas episode for like somebody like me from my generation where the songs were songs for the most part that I knew from other Christmas specials that I grew mm-hmm. up. And um, one thing I really liked about it, and this, this made me angry because the AV club, my, my, my love, hate enemy website um, in their recap of this episode, the guy went off on this thing about how, like, why was there no mention of, you know, the Christianity of, of Christmas because you know what? A whole lot of people out there, self-included, and probably most of the Glee kids and so on, don't celebrate Christmas as a religious holiday. And yeah. I love that this episode on a show that has in the past gone into that, nobody had to ever say anything about, well, remember, Christmas is actually about Christ. Because you know what? For a lot of people today, it's not. And there's nothing wrong with that because people still, there's still plenty of goodness in it. And I think this episode really got that. I can agree with that. Okay. It's time to let that out. <laughs> okay. All right. Songs. Songs. First one. It is. Uh, wait, I know the name. I have the name of it. I just I have used, to find it. I, always, I know the name of what I always thought the name of it was. Am I wrong about that? It's called The Most Wonderful Day of the Year. Oh, right. Not The Island of Misfit Toys. <laughs> no, that is <laughs> the location on which the <laughs> song was sung in the. It's Rudolph, right? In Rudolph the Red Rudolph Red the Red Nose Reindeer, the Red Special. The yes, Claymation. The wonderful, wonderful claymation special. I have a friend it who's is a, wonderful. I have a friend who's afraid of all those claymation specials. What? That's ridiculous. I know. I feel oh, bad for her. Coming from the woman who's afraid of the Muppet. <laughs> <laughs> there is a difference. There are lots of clay. Lots <laughs> of clay singing and dancing is scarier than felt singing and dancing with great humor. <laughs> they could come to life and like eat you. No, no. Clay could come to life and. Fall on your toes and make them hurt. <laughs> um, so anyway, it's the most <laughs> wonderful day of the year. It is in Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Um, and it's the perfect song for New Directions. It was cute. It was adorable. It was really it was cute. Very gleeful. Yeah. Like, I, I, I like that um, something throughout the episode was that everybody kind of, you know, had little solos here and there. And mm-hmm. it felt like something you would do if you were decorating a tree and you're the Glee Club. You're going to sing a Christmas carol. And it's really cute. Of course you are. Yeah. And plus, it's like they're misfit toys because they're a new direction. Yeah. yeah. So it's perfect. Um, so then the next song was We Need a Little Christmas. Which, of course, has been in my head again. It's, this Something about this song is just really catchy. Very catchy. It's such a catchy song. Um, and it's also from a musical. Yay. Mame. Mame. I always knew it from the Muppets Christmas special, though. Oh, dear. I just knew it as a Christmas carol. You know, like a normal one. Like, I just, yeah. I never knew what it was from. Um, it's such a great song, though. Because it, it is. It, like, it's so catchy and, and fun. and oh. Like, I find, like... 
I probably hum this song more than anything else when it comes to like Christmas songs. Um, I really love their sweater and scarf combo during this mm-hmm. number because um, this was our first caroling number. What is it? The whole point was they they're always struggling to have money and all that <laughs> stuff, but they have enough money to have coordinating sweaters. Yeah, I mean everybody has a. I can't remember what color they were. A sweater or something in there. Yeah. But they were all the oh, no. they were all the same. Clearly they were, all they bought for green. this purpose. They also had a wind machine two weeks ago. So <laughs> let's just say that whoever is the treasurer of New Directions, maybe Brittany, not the sharpest crayon <laughs> in the box, if you will. Were they were they green with red scarves or red with, with green scarves? I'm pretty sure they were green with red scarves. Because whatever whichever thing was red, it didn't match the Cheerios outfits, and it really bothered me. Well, you know, again, that's a visual thing on, on the swatches and everything. It was like a dark red and it didn't it didn't match. It bothered me. Um, now, what did we think of the reaction to the <laughs> caroling? Other than it was really funny. <laughs> even, even the trenches in that school. And the teacher threw a shoe at them. <laughs> but then gave them money later, <laughs> which is bizarre. Right, right, right. Um, I mean, go back to high school, if you will. Um you remember these kinds of days? I do, because I, I was in band, so we would have to play in the hallways and stuff. And really? Like, you went? did you go to the Fame High we School? Did, um, <laughs> no, no, but we would do, like, not so much during the day um, in elementary and middle school, yes. Um, but in high school, it was more like, you know, we'd have to go, if, we, if there was a concert, like, before the concert, sometimes we'd be like, okay, will the first eight flutes, like, you guys are going to play some Christmas carols in the hallway before the concert starts. I, you know, so oh, yeah, we mm-hmm. never had to do that. No, year. never. <laughs> Sorry. <I> was, no. <laughs> um, but yeah, it felt kind of, I don't think kids would have been that mean about the whole like for charity thing, even in high school. But like, yeah, like when, you know, you would, you worked so at least going back in time when you've worked so hard for something and then, you know, you're doing it in front of 16 year olds, they're not necessarily going to show you respect. So I thought it was funny and believable. It was. I liked it. Uh, next song is Merry Christmas, Darling by the Carpenters. Mm-hmm. And a very sad Rachel. Yeah, this was very so sad. sad. It was. And I love how hard she tried. Like she had the fake, the trees and the snow and she had the AV club working. Ready? I have a nitpick now. Uh Oh, of course. Of course I do. It's why would the AV club be in charge of the have snow? to do the tech? Yeah, I don't know. Wouldn't it be the too. stage crew? Yeah, I don't think AV Club is normally like technology and video They're and like stuff. They're like setting up the DVD player in the room so the teacher could show a Christmas movie. They're not making it snow in the auditorium. <laughs> That's right. I had friends who were in the AV Club. They always got to get out of class when somebody had to show a movie. Yeah, um, that bothered if me. If you have listeners who were in the AV Club and ever had to rig fake snow, please let us know. Mature. I would agree. That was strange. Um, the song oh. was. And one of the kids in the band had a line. I think that was the first band kid line. Yeah, what did he say? He said, do you want us to leave? Yes, yes, that's right. <laughs> um, this was, I, don't, I liked it. It's one of those Christmas songs that, like, I don't necessarily like when I hear. I don't like those kind of mopey, um, I don't know. I don't it's like not like that anything. But I thought this worked. It was fine. But what is It was sung lovely. Oh, totally. Yeah. When did Christmasing become? When did Christmas become a verb? What is Christmasing? Did I say Christmasing? I wish I was Christmasing with you. It's in the lyrics. 
It's the greatest oh. verb of all time. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to argue with that verb. Um, I didn't know what it is. What is Christmas Day? I don't know. I The act of celebrating Christmas? I don't know. It's weird. Okay. It's in a song. You don't have to look it up. I, I'm not. I'm just trying to remember. <laughs> I feel like I noticed that when I heard it. But, uh, I didn't write it down, so I don't know. If I, heard, I heard you typing. <laughs> I was typing something else to remind myself. To look up Christmasing? No. no. <laughs> I'll tell you when I get there. Okay. In my low notes. Um, <laughs> we're done. Next is baby. It's cold outside. This was fabulous. So good. I, oh my god. It was. Um, I feel I like they should um, show the clip of this to any of people out there that might hate gay people for any reason because if this doesn't warm your heart then you just don't deserve to live yeah then you're just going to hell anyway so you know might as well enjoy it i agree they were the it was just it was so cute like because the two of them like we said blaine is so much fun to watch sing oh my god and him and kurt playing off each other was just the most freaking adorable adorable. thing i've ever seen but it was like two english bulldog puppies like (laughs) each other's ears it was so cute in blazers. Yeah. In blazers. Um, I had it noted to repeat again how much fun Blaine is to watch sing. I really think I really think he's so much more even even though I love Kurt, I think he's more fun to watch than Kurt. Like he just I feel like he's the only one who really is acting while he's singing. Mm. Like the rest of them I feel like kind of just sing. They don't they're not necessarily or they kind of do it maybe like I think Leia Michelle has that problem where sometimes she does it a little too much. She doesn't know what to do with her face. And she goes ugly. She's essentially lip singing. So it's that, you know, that that challenge, I guess. But I think Darren Chris, I think that's his name, right? Blaine is oh, um, I think he just really knows how to like act really well while he's singing. Yeah. And really make you believe that he believes what he's saying. And I just I love him. Yeah, I because I think Kurt, when you think about it. He does like Kurt is never boring to watch sing, but I think it's more because it's Kurt necessary than just just because it's Chris Colfer, right? Um, because you know almost every time Kurt's singing, there's something oh, there's a lot behind it, and so like his little facial expressions are very much in character. Whereas yeah, Blaine, it's just the the I guess Darren, whatever his name is, is just fantastic to watch. He's wonderful. Yeah. And in this scene, um, Dalton Academy started to really remind me of Hogwarts. I can see, totally see that. <laughs> that is my observation. Especially with all the um, the no bullying policy, because Hogwarts was totally into that. Yeah, they didn't stand for bullying. No, they did right. not. Very, um, yeah, and an open policy, right? I, I haven't, I have, I have never read the books. I've just seen the movies. Um, Next song. Next song was "Last Christmas" by Wham. Oh. No, did we? No, did oh, I, I sorry, I, I skipped one. Sue, oh. it was Sue the Grinch. It was Sue the Grinch. Well, it was your mean one, Sue the Grinch. Indeed. This is and it was fun. Will singing, right? Uh, no, uh, well, I don't think it was in the episode, was it? I think it's because it on Katie Lang, right? Yeah, it's Katie Lang. <gasps> You're right, it was Katie Lang, also known from the Pee Wee's Christmas special. Yeah. <laughs> um, that out there. I found this number very interesting because I'm like 99% sure it's the first musical I guess I guess it's not really a performance it's the first music we have on the show that isn't sort of coming from a character it's non-diegetic music yes that's the word I always forget (laughs) I mean the like we always have the little like 
buzzing bee noises between scenes and stuff like that. But that's, you know, cutting, that's um, gluing well, two scenes from, together. Well, like, aside the... I feel like there's a... Yeah, you're right, because even like, the fantasy never, episodes are very based in character. There's still a character singing them. Yeah, it's true. This is the first time there... I mean, besides, like, maybe during, like, Cheerios practice or something like that, I feel like there's right. one scene where we saw the Cheerios do something, and there was... This is the first music that, you know, the characters can't hear it. Yeah, yeah, very true. I thought that was very interesting. It very was. Interesting. In, in general, because um, this kind of ties into the next song... Something that I found in just watching, you know, 10, well, watching like one old episode, I feel like one thing Glee is like shying away from was it used to be a little less embarrassed about the fact that it was a musical. Because I feel like all this season, almost every song has um, been very, like we talked about this last week where it was like, oh, I have Don't Cry For Me, Argentina. Let me press play. Like they can't just sing it anymore. They have to acknowledge that they're singing it. Mm-hmm. with exception certainly but I feel like this and like I mean yeah like Blaine and Kurt were rehearsing a song uh, Rachel was singing a song for Finn um, and so Sue the Grinch and I think Last Christmas were both songs that just kind of felt well, very like more fantasy like I guess not not well Sue the Grinch definitely but not necessarily Last Christmas because she acknowledges it on the radio and then they just kind of sing along to it. She acknowledges it over the loudspeaker. She's oh, like, yeah, oh, this right. is my favorite Christmas song. It's yeah, wonderful. you're right. You're right. You're really right about that. Super, super awkward delivery from her. I hate that. I hate that. I know. Yeah. And I just, in general, I feel like there's that line crammed into almost any song now. And I don't get it. Like, Glee, you're a musical. Accept it. It's fine. We know you're going to bur- characters burst out in song. We, that, like, we're watching it. We know you're going to do that. You don't need to make it seem more realistic. Yeah. I don't know. It's starting to bother me. And I've been wanting to do this all episode. Ready? Christmas. <gasps> me too! <laughs> you can see that in my notes. So creepy. I know. <laughs> it was so weird. Because it was like her face between two trees. And she's like, Christmas. <laughs> it just like, I feel like she's going to say that before she stabs somebody. <laughs> Last Christmas, blah, blah, blah. Christmas. Oh, God! <laughs> it was phenomenal and cheesy and phenomenal. It was great. <coughs> um, <clears throat> so what do we think of Last Christmas? It, I thought it was sung very well. I hate that the song is considered a Christmas carol and then it gets played in such heavy rotation on like all the Christmas stations this time of year cause, just because it has Christmas in its title. Because it's not. It's a breakup song. It has nothing to do with Christmas. So I'm not a big fan of the song, but Leah Michelle sang it wonderfully. It doesn't really belong on, like, Christmas CDs. Yeah, no. It's not not about anything. I mean, unlike, say, my favorite Christmas song of this decade, The Christmas Shoes. (laughs) Oh, that is about Christmas. Now that is my low point because where the fuck was New Directions? Why were they not singing the Christmas shoes? They didn't want us to cry too, too much during this episode. Oh, that that is by far my, because it is the worst song I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Can I buy these shoes for my mother, please? Oh, I love it. Um, it's not Christmas without the Christmas shoes. So I don't know what Glee was thinking by not having like Kurt sing it about his dead mom. 
<laughs> like in flashback and it's like little Kurt. Oh my God. Oh my God. Web series. You've it's just flashback written, you've written their, yes. Seeing that for next song season. when he, like the day his mother died <laughs> and cause she had to look pretty to meet Jesus tonight. <laughs> And he's all sad because he did not get to get her the Christmas shoes. <laughs> Next year, Glee, I expect to see that. Uh, okay. I'm sorry. I can't talk about Christmas songs without the Christmas shoes. Um, to my contract. <laughs> so do we want to talk about the last song? Are we done with Last Christmas? I'm good. Um, so the last song is Welcome Christmas. And it's the the song that the Who sing in How the Grinch So soul not sold he didn't sell it no well i mean he would have if, if he didn't you know i feel like he would have eventually especially in this if song. he could have found a buyer for it mm-hmm. yeah yeah um i have a bone to pick with this song okay it was uh it was lovely the arrangement was wonderful i loved it so much that i went immediately to itunes to purchase the christmas album and i purchased it and then realized that the song is not included in it so i had to pay another dollar 49 for this one single so fuck boo glee lisa but you still got my money so whatever that's when you turn around and you pick up the phone and you go erica i need the glee christmas album and i go well, okay here it is I mean, <laughs> and you don't christmas pay album. anything it it felt wrong. <laughs> yeah emily didn't even have to ask i just brought it to her yeah well, i open up an envelope it's that and burlesque i'm like erica marry me Merry Christmas to me. Thanks a lot, Erica. I haven't seen you in months. All right, ladies. Come on. Bring it up. It's Christmas. <laughs> anyway, yes, it was not on the Christmas CD. So I did not appreciate Glee trying to rob everyone's wallets, but I feel like they probably made a lot of money off of this because everyone wants to go download the album because of the song. Because it was like, I, I I don't think I've ever heard this song not on the Grinch, and it worked perfectly. It was like, lovely. It was a great song. It's cute. I don't know what any of the words mean, but it's really cute. It's a lot of gibberish. It's like other than Welcome Christmas, it's, you know, Wahoo-saurus? I don't know. Wahoo. Wahoo. So it's just any 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 sound with who at the end of it. <laughs> okay. Um, my only observation on this song was that Mike Chang um, lip sings phenomenally. Yeah. He's really now we know that he doesn't it. actually sing, and he totally looked into it. He was amped on it. Good for that guy. Um, anything else besides till we get into our high notes and low notes? I have nothing. Lisa? I'm good. Um, la la la. I'm looking. La la la. High notes. Alright, high notes. You want to start? Um, okay. Um, Mike Chang's line that he wants can Yeah. Oh, no! God damn you, Erica! You can't! I'm cheating! <laughs> Mike Chang had a line in which he said, I want Channing Tatum to stop being in stuff. <laughs> which is fantastic because, yeah, he's right. Channing, Tat- Channing Tatum should stop being in stuff and be love the like subtle step up reference. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I love everything they wanted for Christmas. Um, Tina asked where Asian Santa was. <laughs> um, Sam wanted chapstick. chapstick. Lots of it. Quinn wanted something for stretch marks. And Santana wanted bling. And for Santa to have a roll of certs in his pocket. Yes, yes, yes. 
That was cute. I like that montage a lot. That was very yeah. cute. Yeah. Um, I very much enjoyed all of Artie's really ugly, tacky Christmas sweaters that he wore. <laughs> it made yeah, me very happy. Cute. He has the tackiest sweater collection ever. <laughs> I mean, I think it's just a matter of, like we said, maybe his mom shops for him. I think, I think she does. Yeah, it definitely seems more evident as as it gets wintry and sweaters are necessity. Um, I liked all of these like little thing notes about elves being slaves, and yeah. Brittany like trying really hard to make sure the elf knew she had rights. And it's that, like she's Hermione. It is. Though. Oh, <laughs> oh, MG. Oh. Um, on a side note. You. What's up? Yes, she's she's going to start spew. You wouldn't get that because you haven't read the books. No, but I did see a movie on Netflix Instant Watch called Elf Bowling. Oh, and God. it's about, um, it's I, it's very weird. It's very like South Parky, but not quite as raunchy, but it's still like inappropriate for kids, even though it's computer animated. And it's a movie about Santa Claus was used to be a pirate, but then through a series of mishaps, he becomes Santa Claus. Um, and the elves like are all unionized and stuff, but then all this stuff happens and Santa's evil brother pirate takes over Christmas. Um, but there's actually a song called, oh God, I'm getting the actual title, but it's like slavery is the, is the way. And there's a song about slavery in this computer animated movie. Elf bowling. People check it out. Netflix instant. Um, and let's all remember when we write our list to Santa that even the smallest envelope is heavy for an elf. That's true. I never thought about that. Now I feel bad. Um, I also really enjoyed the Christmas colored slushies. Yes, yes. I liked um that Sue's new nickname for Emma is Elmo. Yeah. Um, I like that scene when um. Will, Emma, and Beast kind of confront Sue, and then when they yes. storm out of her office, it was just a very short scene, and it was hilarious, and, like, all of their reactions when they walked out, because I can't remember what they did, but, like, Beast drops her gift, and Will just picks up Sue's phone and drops it. It was brilliant. And I love that Becky runs over and, like, hangs it back <laughs> up, and she's, like, yeah, like, she, like, slams it down, like, she's really angry at him. At ease, um, Becky. At ease, yeah. <laughs> It was a very, like a very funny episode. I love Becky as the rain dog. Aww. Yes. However, I do have to ask. I was thinking about it during this episode. Are we are we okay with the way that Sue treats Becky still? I still am because I feel like yeah. she just like she treats her like she would treat any Cheerio, except that she has like a soft spot for her, so she like teaches her more. And I really think in Sue's mind, she's like grooming her to be the next. Sue, like, I think she's treating her exactly like she treated her little sister. Okay. Yeah. I feel like she's, like, grooming her for such awful things. Like, hey, Becky, my protege, we're going to go steal presents? <laughs> well, it was. As I remember, I think Wayne uh, Kaki wrote it a few weeks ago on, like, Becky's transformation to the dark side. Yeah. But it's, like, it's cute. And it's not just right. because, you know, Becky has, has you know. Uh, I just wanted to make sure we were all still okay with it. Because I wasn't oh, sure yeah, no, I was. Because it's entertaining. So I'm, I'm, I'm A-okay. Um, I also really love Brittany as Cindy Lou Who with her little braids. <laughs> so cute. I'm trying to find out a way to do my hair that way for Christmas this year. Oh, fancy. I'm I'm wearing, a, if I remember, I'll wear a red ponytail holder instead of a black one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought Brittany in general on this episode, yeah. like, I, it's just, I mean, if, if uh, she's been like probably my MVP for the current, current really for the season, because <laughs> she just every time she's on screen, like I'm, I'm drawn to her. And anytime she gets 
like she's just so lovable and so good at playing dumb, but really, really lovable. And this episode in the hands of a lesser actress or a different actress or an actress who had like an ounce of more, I don't know, less innocence about her would have not worked, but it works so well. Yeah, I love her. She's- there's um there's an interesting thread over at Palaver about Palaver.com, P-A-L-A-V-E.com, uh, that started a while back just about The Office, the show The Office. And somebody was um, talking about Aaron, and we realized, like, oh, my God, Aaron on The Office is, like, the grown-up version of Brittany? Hmm. And it kind of blew my mind. I don't know. It's not blowing my mind. Okay. Well, but I think I don't, <laughs> I don't love Aaron nearly as much as I love Brittany. Aaron mm-hmm. has yet to really grow on me because I, okay. I'm still team Pam. Oh, but it's not like she's competing against me. I know, but I'm still team. Like, I still would rather see Pam as the receptionist so that Jim could look over she's at her. She's the office manager now. Yeah, she's moving she's up. I know, she, I don't know. She's like Joni on um, Mad Men now. True. Yes. Yeah. Um, other high notes? I have a few more. Uh, I think I have, like, all the same ones as you left. Okay. Um, Lisa, do you have any more? Uh, no, basically yours. All right. So what was one of mine? <laughs> um, I bet when Beast and, and Brittany are, uh, you know, when they're meeting a Santa Claus and Brittany, and um, Beast is talking about herself and how there was once a husky girl who learned how to put being husky to good use. What, and what's asks, her name? Ricky Lake? <laughs> which was great. Um, I love Sam's explanation that elves have really great core blood for stem cell research. So yes, it's, it's a it really be... great explanation. I yeah. know. I can't figure out like Sam's intelligence because I feel like they've played him off as both smart and really dumb. And I don't know where he falls yet. Um, maybe he's like school smart, but common sense dumb. I don't know. Yeah. But it was a good explanation. I agree. It was. And then she didn't use it. True. True. Um, the Sue was happy to have enough rotisserie ovens to roast a hobo. Rotisserie? Rotisserie? <laughs> oh, God. All right. This, okay, this word. Let me explain something. Excuse- I, let me explain something, please. <laughs> so, <laughs> when I was a kid, myself and my, my older brother, Adam, both are big readers and have always been. And as a result, it means I have a really good vocabulary, but I don't always hear or I've never heard a lot of the words I've read and I don't know how they're necessarily pronounced. And this is one that like my brother mispronounced and it's always been stuck in my head and I've never been able to say the word out loud. (laughs) Rotisserie. Right? I can never do it on the first try. I am saying it like that from now on. I love it. Uh, let's go to Boston Market and for the rotisserie chicken. I think my brother for saying that because even I knew like, oh no, that's not the way you say it. And now like it's that one time he said it, it's been stuck in my head and I've just never been able to say the word. Great. <laughs> even I have my weaknesses. Stop poking them. This is great. What's your what's your last high note, Emily? My last high note I noticed on second viewing, um, in the Glee Club rehearsal room, there was like a poster written on construction paper that says Glee Club rocks. <laughs> Where did that come from? Who made it? And how can I get one? I don't know. Did anybody notice that? Yeah, but I saw it. Yeah, 
There's posters like throughout the school. Have you seen the other ones? I've never seen one that says Glee Club rocks. Well, there's um, there's the one in Sue o- Sue's office that says like Coach Sylvester, the best cheerleading coach, and it's signed by all the Cheerios. Okay. That one's right by her door. You could see it in the phone scene. And then there's that one main hallway that everyone's locker is in, and at the bottom of the window, there's a sign that says "We love our Titans," and that's okay. always been there. But who made the Glee Club rocks? <laughs> Someone with maybe it was Rachel. But yeah, I just found it amusing. Um, so any other high notes? Nope. Right. Oh, mm. question on this whole, okay. We talked about the whole being not religious thing earlier. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, this is a public school, right? Are public yeah. schools allowed to have as much Christmas decorations and Christmas stuff that that school had up? I feel like schools can't do that anymore. I feel like they couldn't for a really long time. I don't know if they still can't. I don't know if like we've moved away from that and now it's like it's okay as long it's as you okay all have a Monica menorah and a plaza uh, flag. But I didn't see any of that stuff in their school. Like I, I didn't, didn't see either. a single menorah. Well, Hanukkah what was like the first two weeks in December, so Hanukkah's technically over. True. True. Um, but <laughs> ready? I'm gonna sound like a total bitchy New Yorker again. Is, what that, else is, is that just because it's where we They're are and where Ohio. they are? Like, oh. you know, they have like two Jewish kids in the whole school. Yeah, but I feel like the two Jewish kids. And when I went to high school, I knew one Jewish kid. So I feel like I they didn't were, have any. Yeah. And that's right, people. Just because I'm from Long Island doesn't mean I knew a whole bunch of Jews. We had more than two. I didn't know them all personally, but we had a we had a handful. Like, everybody thinks Long Island's very Jewish. And but I don't you're know also Jewish... further east than I am. So it's like, the further east you get, the less Jewish people you right. get. Very much. Um, so the answer to that is, I don't know. Um, listeners who live in different areas or who work in schools, yeah. especially public schools, let us know, are we allowed to decorate for Christmas now? Or does it still have to be non-denominational? I always remember there was... um. In school, there was, like, this one family of Jehovah's Witnesses, and there were a whole bunch of them. And every time, like, you did a Christmas project or any kind of holiday project, like, you know, that kid would have to go in the corner and do something else. Yes. Um, we made paper mache Santas, and he had to make a paper mache snowman. Oh. oh I yeah. know. Right? Kind Plus, of a bummer. We had, um, when we had little math things in, like, second grade, our teacher would try to make them fun and do little doodles on it that we could color in afterwards. And my uh the one jehovah's witness in my class the teacher had to make up a separate sheet for him because he couldn't acknowledge any holidays oh so he couldn't have a fun coloring sheet always has to do more work yeah right he could Uh, just do like bikes and houses like why did it have to be holiday oriented because holidays are awesome right um low notes low notes Mm -hmm. um i have i have two one, I'm not 99% sure on, but I'm, <coughs> I, I really have to go back and look at it again. But I'm kind like, I kind of think that the first time we see Brittany decorating her locker, we see Brittany at her locker twice. We see her decorating her locker for Christmas, and then we see her undecorating her locker because she's lost her Christmas spirit. Now, I feel like the first time I watched it, I, like, I saw Brittany decorating her locker, and I was like, oh, she has a bottom locker. That's weird. Right. I, I thought she was decorating Artie's locker the first time. Oh. I assumed oh. that was his because it was the bottom one that he Oh, reached. very good point. That's then what I took away from it. My next I, yeah. point 
was she when she's yes and it really bothered me but thank you for clearing that up so You're it is no, no longer a low note <laughs> lisa you're rehired again yay uh, my low notes all surround one character i already talked about them a little bit um drinking game for how often which i've decided we're gonna make a drinking game to glee because it's very easy to do <laughs> um but one way to get drunk really quickly is okay everybody have a sip anytime the fat girl talks about food or eats food when nobody else is eating food because only fat girls eat food at least three three things when um i guess one was uh when lauren asks for sweet potato fries from santa claus because yep. you know that's what all fat girls do when they're decorating the tree i guess with popcorn and of course lauren's eating popcorn because that's what fat girls do and I can't even remember what this was in reference to, but her like one line of the episode was, you can eat that, you know, because that's what fat girls do. They eat things. I don't know if you guys know this. Fat girls eat food. <laughs> Always food yeah. that's bad for them. They eat. That's just what they do. So um, if you don't know that, I'm really glad Glee is teaching you that because it's an important lesson. All people need to know about fat girls. I'm okay now. I'm good. You done? I was letting is you get all it all out. It just really pisses me off. I can see that. Yeah. Okay, my, my other low note <laughs> was, um, it has to do with Rachel's clothing again, which she, um, even the Cheerios at this point are wearing coats in the school building, and Rachel's wandering around the halls in a sleeveless dress. Mm. She had to be freezing. Can't we give her a cardigan, a sweater, something? That's a good point. It really bothered me. I'm done now. You sure? Yes. I'm not as angry about it as you are. About I can more. see that. I can see, I'm trying to see if I can get you as angry about it. No, I just wanted to bring it up because she looked cold. She's so bony. Her yeah, collarbones I, are sticking out. I don't think she has a lot of mass to protect herself from uh, these cold Ohio winters. Yeah. Um, Lisa, do you have low notes? Um, I do not. <laughs> I found nothing wrong with this whole episode. Really? It was lovely. Very Christmassy. Made me happy. I'm glad of all these Thank things. And more. I know. <laughs> all right. So um, that's a very Glee cast Christmas. Indeed. Um, uh, we will be on a brief hiatus while Glee is on a hiatus. Hiatus. <laughs> we will be eating a lot of monastery chicken. <laughs> Sweet potato fries on the side. On our um, hiatus. <laughs> on her Hades, yes. Um, we will, however, uh, be doing a bonus jazz hand show uh, sometime. We're thinking early January. On what is the bonus show going to be on? Uh, it's going to be a best of roundup on all things film and television. Indeed, and that will be sometime in January. So we Look are open that. to your lists if you would like to send them your favorite. Um, your favorite films and or your favorite TV shows or moments on yeah. TV or characters on TV in 2010. Yes. Yeah. I, I would say like. favorite new shows of 2010. I wouldn't necessarily be like, um, Lost is my favorite TV show. Like that, that doesn't work. Well, I think I've decided just because I, I don't watch enough TV and I certainly don't watch enough new shows. I think I watch like one show that's new from this year. Um, and so I think I have to break it down. I'm doing like favorite either moments or yeah. characters or something like that. So yeah. 
not just going to be a favorite show. For me, it's going to be sp- something specific about a show that I really liked in 2010. I agree with that explanation. And then okay. I figure we'll do, like, what, like, top five movies of 2010? We could do top five or top ten. I've, I've made my list today, and it's going to be really hard for me to stop at five. Even though I've only seen, like, 13 movies this year, I really liked, like, nine of them. Okay. <laughs> we'll talk about it. It's going to be complicated. All right. Um, yeah, so we'll do that. Come visit us at the forums while we're on hiatus at uh, palaver.com. That's P-A-L-A-V-R.com. Follow us on Twitter at Deadly Dolls and Yellow Crayon and <laughs> I just want someone Erica's to name, thank you <laughs> I just wanted to keep prompting people and see how long we could go you can keep going this is kind and... of fun I feel like now we have to like guess what you want us to say <laughs> um and send us feedback at gleecast at gmail.com and you spell that gleecast with a k like <laughs> kite um and check out emily's blog at deadlydollshouse.blogspot.com and you could also hear her on girls on film radio podcast which you can find words that you type in, <laughs> in itunes in the itunes store in the itunes um, store <laughs> and it, i think i'm out of things um yeah i am too all right i'll so, answer our questions of the week i yeah. know one of them i can't remember the other one one of them, um, who do you, would you like to see play Britney's parents? And I can't remember the other one. Either. We're going to have to find it out after we listen to the show and I'll put it <laughs> on the boards. Listen yeah, to the show. <laughs> or if you hear it first and you want to go to the boards and write it up, that's totally cool. I don't edit our shows. I don't listen to our show. <laughs> but you listen after they're on the feed? No. Really? I lived it. I don't, unless like I'm out of podcast, then I'll see what we had to say. But I lived it. I don't listen to it again. Oh, man. We talk a lot, man. I have other podcasts. I know. That's why listen I, listen to. To, I listen to it in double speed. So I don't have to like really listen that hard. I'm gonna I'll start... listen to it because I'll forget everything that we talked about. <laughs> good, good. I'll do that too. Um, I'm going to start really talking really, really fast on Gleecast so that when you talk, when you listen to it double time, it's like ridiculously fast and you can't understand anything I'm saying. It is, it is intense. Like, <laughs> I know, I know I talk fast anyway. So sometimes it gets intense, but. I, there are some podcast out, podcasters out there. I'm not going to name names, but you are lovely people. And I really appreciate the fact that you talk fast. When I'm listening to you in double speed, it, it's why, like, I, it, the great thing about doing that is that it makes you move faster, which is also a bad thing. <laughs> it's like, I listen generally when I'm, like, on the subway and walking to work. So it's great because I walk faster. And if I see somebody from work, they're like, why are you walking so fast? And I'm like, I can't really explain to them, oh, it's because I'm listening to a podcast in double speed. Because then I have to explain what I'm actually, what, I'm, what a podcast is and all this other stuff. Um, and I can't listen to it at work because I get too because I will like type too fast and everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's you want to see how long it takes before my head explodes. You can talk as fast as you want. All right. So uh, everybody, note, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, and Kwanzaa because we already missed Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. Oh, festive <laughs> Kwanzaa. <laughs> I like. I was really ready for that, and like my arm was up in the air to like accent it, and I went for it, and he delivered it really well, anyways. Damn it! Happy New Year! Happy Russian Christmas! All right, I'm done. <laughs> Happy holidays, everyone. We'll see you in the new year. God bless us, everyone. Christmas.